0: Nice to meet you I'm from the BBC
1: Today's guest is A hero of Mayuna Lawrence's Great yeah. documentary maker Thank you It's Louis Thank Theroux you.
0: And I understand That you're in touch With celestial beings Space creatures it- The whole point Of the Koalinga program Wasn't like Let's go and hang out With some paedophiles And see what they're all about It was actually That made you laugh <laughs> He said Just for the record Let me make it very clear. I am no longer attracted to children. That's what you would say, though. Do you know that you're not attracted to children? Yeah, that's good reflection. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) He's not going to bite me, is he? No. No. He's not going to bite my testicles. (laughs) It was kicking off. The kids weren't going to bed. And I just just started shouting. Get into bed now! Wow, you're shouting really loudly. You must have really lost... (laughs) And I felt, like, kind of ashamed.
1: I think it's great that you admit that you lost him because you always come across in your documentaries as the calm guy. God, put it in your wicked heart! You're gonna eat your babies!
0: He's like, I'm not sure how much I can do. I've castrated myself chemically. No
1: fucking way would I let him out. (laughs) (laughs) no fucking way there's women out there who are mad
0: for you the world's smallest subculture one of it was i didn't really want to play the long game like hey should we go out on a date i just think hey do you want to come back kick back and smoke some ganja and and if that didn't go i know that i can go home and and get high and listen to some music and that would seem much more appealing who is the bitch? The baby? And he's gay for pay is the term. I, I said, what, so what did you have to do? You gave a guy a blowjob? you goes like, yeah, unfortunately. And, and so well. I heard myself say, oh, come on, you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> right. The day after the program went out, I arrived back at my house. The neighbor, he was quite a grumpy old man, and he and he said, I see this program, and for this we pay our license. fee." <laughs>
1: It's a fascinating world bodybuilding, yeah uh, because there's naturally there's so many narcissistic people who jump into it, yeah, and they want to be admired and all of that, and they 're willing to basically risk their lives just to have that crappy trophy that to them means so much, yeah, but nobody else cares, yeah,
0: and the women even more so
1: yeah, well, the women are permanently damaging themselves in a different way, aren't they mm. because they' it's irreversible what they do like if a man comes off steroids it's just you, you, we're having more of what we already had whereas a woman their jaw, their hair, their facial hair the, all the things that are left mm. it's irreversible clitorises. bigger clitorises
2: yes are we rolling? When you say when oh. you say that, is that a bad irreversible element, or is that a good ir- um
0: Jeez, we're getting in
2: deep. We're getting, we're, we're starting so with bigger like, clitorises if you like a large for female clitoris bodybuilders here. Yeah.
0: On a woman, then it would be
2: good. It's a preference yeah. in a sense. Is well, that it, what
0: you're saying? Well, it might, be, famously, it might be. the penis. um Oh, should I even say? It? You know, China, the wrestler.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: and um, she killed herself, I believe. Mm.
1: Yeah. Or, or or it was an overdose of sorts. An I overdose. Think. Yeah.
0: It was it probably aged. About 47, 48, something like that. Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. And she was the pre, preeminent um, female bo- uh, wrestler at that time mm-hmm. and um, did a porn film. With, with another wrestler, actually. Was it? Yeah. Was it? That? it was X-Pac who did
1: it, yeah. Really? Yeah, because she oh. had a relationship with Triple H, It was the guy, and Triple H basically chose Stephanie McMahon Over. and had a bit of a overlap there. Mm. Went with Stephanie... And then they moved China sort of out of the business slowly but surely because Stephanie McMahon owns the the, the WWE, doesn't she? So she's yeah. got that power to just see you later. And once she'd been phased out, she turned to more alcohol, more drugs. Was it? You could say she'd stopped working out as much. And when you, she was appearing on interviews, really out of it. Uh, like Sad. Howard Stern and places like that, you know. Um but yeah, I remember watching, because I was like a young kid watching the WWE, and naturally you discover wrestling and porn at a similar age. Mm. So I'm like, her, she looks different. Like, there's yeah. something different about what's going on down there when she did Playboy, you know. Well, like, I was right. going to
0: say, so, so I stumbled on it. I don't know where, on, on the you know, you're on the web and things mm. pop up, and it was a screen grab of her privates, and,
2: and, and the point that the person who posted it was making was, wow, it's surprisingly large clitoris. Mm. Well, it's meant to be the penis, isn't it? It's meant to be the end of the penis, well, the did, clitoris. If I'm meant to be... Well, I, you know, you know I, before you, so before, before you, yeah, go, before you go one
1: way or the other, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's... That's, it's a, a, that's penis, apparently
1: why we've got a, that dotted line between our arse and our testicles. Could be a vagina. So, is it, well, that was what would have been the
0: vagina. I'd
2: have had a very pretty vagina.
0: Post-fertilisation, there's a fork in the road. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the embryo can go a few different ways. So Sorry, I was going to say a couple of different ways, but that would
2: be... That would be close-minded in a modern oh, age. You? Congratulations.
0: Sorry,
1: I forgot to do the intro. Uh, welcome back to the True Geordie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored. <laughs> You're
2: yeah, the side going, sharks.
1: Um, sharks. Yeah, you, baby sharks. Yeah. Um, uh, welcome back to the True Geordie podcast, sponsored by Jim Shark. And today's guest is a hero of mine and Lawrence's. It's Louis oh, Theroux. You. Great yeah. documentary maker. Thank you. Great uh, yeah, journalist,
0: I think, is actually... Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Say. That's well, what, what we should say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not saying I am bo- by both those professional mm. terms are acceptable. Mm. Great podcaster. Uh, is very kind of you to say. And but an occasional podcaster. Oh. Yeah. Mm. You ever started. thought
1: about giving yourself an easier ride, just jumping into the podcast? Because then, because it's, it's we've made a, a few documentaries before, and it's so much work mm-hmm. by comparison oh my God, to having a, a conversation with someone. And also, you have the the following, and you see what people like Joe Rogan are doing out there. You could make a lot of money doing a bit of an easier life for yourself.
0: See, here's me thinking I've turned up for a
2: podcast interview, and so, it's actually a business I'm meeting. Pitching it.
0: Yeah, sorry, Louis. What I we want it. is
2: we want to do a three way podcast with you every meet week. My new
0: financial manager. We will yeah. produce
2: you. No problem. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, it's a it's, it has struck me having done uh, twenty episodes of a podcast mm. called Grounded. Which is still available on BBC Sounds, giving myself a little plug, and it, th- th- it was surprisingly easy, and in my book, uh, I talk about, wow, this feels weird, um, h- how kind of, sort of relatively straightforward it is just to record this thing, mm-hmm. because I was doing it remotely. I didn't people didn't even have to show up exactly. My guests were just doing it from their homes, mm-hmm. and, um, and then you put it out there, and then tons of people. Would, would re, I got more feedback on my podcast than I did for any TV I'd made for the previous,
1: well, like, at least
2: for the previous it, five or six years. Is
1: that not because it's easier to give that feedback because of the
2: formats of podcasting, whereas... It's like, also the fact you have fucking KSI on the podcast. because you're get loads of feedback. Is there a dog that's just...
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry Biggie, get the bed, will you? Um, it's easy, it's so, yeah, I you thought had... Thought that K- was
0: Brian stroking my leg. Sorry about that. Yeah. has <laughs> yeah. got very long legs. Very long leg.
1: Uh, yeah, you had our friend that's KSI that. on your podcast. What do you yeah. make of the new wave of celebrities now? Because, obviously, you went around talking, uh, all of the celebrities, uh, you know, when you were on the come-up. But now, we're met with a completely different kind of celebrity.
0: People who just... Have made, become famous from talking to the yeah. camera. I think it's extraordinary. And full disclosure, I first became aware of KSI because my kids, who are now 15 and 13, but probably this would have been a couple of years ago, told me it kept saying, um, "KSI fighting Logan Paul," mm. which, which, would, as a sentence. Meant nothing to me like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean The, the proper nouns mm. I didn't I didn't recognise Like what is that what, Who And why would they Express interest In a boxing match Anyway That was out of character For them And then it turned out They were YouTubers So fast forward A few years Basically I realised There was This world of um, People Self created Personalities Who mm-hmm. were completely Outside the realm Of normal media Just uh, Existing Through their own channels Coming up from their bedrooms And that was And, and I dug into it to be honest, it took me a few uh, watches to get it. Like, you, you don't sort of dip into one KSI video and sort of think, oh, I, I get why billions of people mm-hmm. are, are, are locking onto this, because actually a, a, a lot of it is you know, it is almost by definition homemade, and, and, and it takes a while to appreciate what it is that the kids are kind of getting about it. But I, I, want, I had him on the podcast because I wanted to reflect this new world of, of YouTubers and internet people, and I think it's, extra- it's extraordinary, isn't it? Because it feels to me that, the, that um, for the younger, younger crowd, kids, you know, teenagers, it's almost like they are, they're rock stars. You know, they represent for them something that they own. Like that, that generation is special for them, has meaningful for them. S-
1: same as what punk rock would have been back right, in the day, right, for example. Right, right, yeah.
0: we we, for, for me, it would have probably been rappers. Because mm. I, I thought, like, mainstream rock or even indie rock felt a bit square to me so mm. the world of rappers and the feuds between rappers and actually there's an interesting parallel because it was the authenticity that i responded to in the in east coast west coast beef right and the idea of oh dre's fallen out with ice cube now and actually uh you know now tupac and biggie are, are beefing and, and 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 it sort of felt like a soap opera but also it spoke to a kind of community that one aspired to be part of and that you felt that maybe you you kind of hanging out with these older guys who are mm. cool, bit risky, uh, quite funny, but very talented. And that's our podcast. There you go. The YouTubers are sort mm. of. Oh, well, we <laughs> hope so, right? People can decide at the end yeah. of this episode. Um, you know, you felt like um, th- that's what the ki- the kids are into now. Is that like, is that feeling of. Um, Authenticity. I hate saying, like, that's what they keep no, I, I feel like
1: I am like, an old well, Radio yeah. 1 DJ.
2: No, don't worry. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely not. not. You're,
1: you're spot on because <laughs> it's people being themselves and uh, in in the world that you came up in, you probably were very fortunate to get that break, which now people are sort of engineering their own breaks. You
0: know, As you know, we've been filming with KSI mm. for, uh, for a documentary for Amazon, and I've seen some of the rushes and the response he gets from his fans um, at, at, at the festivals... Is extra and just chosen in general. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It's like Beatlemania. It is, yeah. It, it, Crying. You know, I've been to a lot of out. gigs, but the hysteria. level of hysteria yeah. um, is is off the charts. Which I think it speaks to what you're talking about, right? And what we have been, what we've been talking about, which is people feel such an, a, a kind of a, a kinship mm. with, um, with. They've watched him grow up, yeah. and you can't we have. quite
1: compare that to you know let's say a, a huge superstar like eminem mm. in my generation was the guy of course. Uh, but i heard an album from him every other year say yeah and but the connection if i if i'd been able to watch his life every day it would have been even more intense it would have been even more like fandom and that's what he they have now got that direct line to their audience it's amazing just a little subject change so i'm just wondering like where what are you into at the moment what is your thing how do you relax of, a, of an evening?
0: You know, whatever's big in the culture TV-wise, oh, like, yeah. I, t- I tend to give it give a go. Like, obviously, Squid Game was huge recently. Yeah. Succession? Uh, Succession. I binged the second... No, it was third oh, What did you seasons.
1: make of Squid Game out of interest? Did you like uh,
0: I found it very compelling. Like, the first couple, I was like, this isn't for me. Like, it, it, it has a sort of Korean acting style. Or or I don't know what what you'd call it, but you know how like I call it bad. different cultures have different sort of distinct, uh, uh, almost like I don't know acting styles, like you slightly exaggerated, right? But then by the third one, I was like, okay. This is pretty good, and then and then I went I went with it and I enjoyed it a lot. Did you not like it? Uh, I like the concept
1: yeah. and and some of the things that it made you consider, but like the acting was a bit WWE wrestling.
0: Do you think that like then then it got better? When, then there were different that. tonalities later on, and uh, did you make it as far as the marbles yeah, episode? I, I
1: watched the whole thing. Yeah.
0: So the marble that there was some very um, affecting like the bit where he's playing marbles with the guy who's got dementia, mm. Mm. and then. I thought that was really powerful, like some terrific, sort of dramatic. Um, yeah, that was a, a powerful moment
2: for sure. So, watching TV, cooking is my other one. Oh, really? Yeah, I love to cook. And what dri- are you cooking now? Because um, you talk a lot about spaghetti and um, ketchup. Keder- well, no, I talk more. Well, Bolognese is what you talk about. Well, in your no, book. lasagna. Sorry, that is That's what right. veggie lasagna as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, veggie lasagna. Anything that requires me to be in the kitchen, uh, where I can therefore be on my own for a bit, like, it's, you know, have a little break from the family and then have a couple
2: of drinks, listen to either a podcast. Oh, or what, some, what kind of drink? Just I'm trying to get an idea so, of where you are here. Well, what, what are I you talk, drinking, gin
0: and tonic? I, I, so just to, the elephant in the room is that I've got a book
2: out and I
0: talk about a lot of this stuff and it's called Through the Keyhole and it's a very, what's an all candid. I read, I read it all, it's fantastic. There we go, a candid and, and, re- and it's almost revealing to the point of being slightly self-flagellating. Look at a, a family man in his 50s being me, who, who's possibly on the edge of having a drinking problem. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh when I say that. <laughs> no, nah, that's fine. And you know, going through the pandemic and going slowly insane. I think we all are. As we all were. And actually, and, and being a kind of, whatever the opposite of an exemplary dad is, like a disastrous dad mm. in many respects. And a lot of it takes place in the kitchen where I'm making lasagnas to just escape from my three children and have and be able to sort of drink unobserved, Right. Let's get a few, like not, and it would be. Um, so it's almost sneaking them in. Mm. Sneak sounds loaded, but yes, <laughs> but yes. Well, that's why cocktails There's are quite good. There's a scene good. in the book where I talk about hiding my. This isn't my coming out As an alcoholic yeah. But I talk about For so the title
1: p- purposes It will be Yeah yeah Louis through Alcoholic I do yeah. not have a problem
0: Yeah you exactly do that, You can do that The Daily Mail Will do what it that the, way. The, 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 What they do is They use the pull quote The pull quote would be This isn't my coming out As an alcoholic Right, yeah. right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Louis, Louis through In
0: denial I must admit When yeah. I
1: watch the uh, Place for Pedos uh, Documentary And one of them goes I am no
2: longer Attracting <laughs> to children
1: yeah. I was like, <laughs> like Huh that's, that's what you would say, though. Yeah. That's what that is. Okay. Actually, okay.
2: just speaking of cocktail moments, that's actually one of my favorite moments you've ever had in a documentary, and yeah. I wanted to know whether... Uh, Mr. Kitchens was his name. He said, just for the record,
0: let me make it very clear, I am no longer attracted to children. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that, that's not no, my favorite moment in that documentary. And then he, goes, he also goes to me like, how do you know if you are
2: attracted to children? do you know that you're not attracted to children yeah that's life? good reflection yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: you it.
2: The, the best bit in that documentary is when you go in and you they're having the party and the guy's mixing the drink and you go yeah. over to him and he said and you say what are you in for?" he gets me to taste his lemonade right first of all which yeah. is a nice icebreaker and, yeah
0: and then in the way that you know there's certain opening lines that like if you're a casino the opening line instead of saying hello you go like how are you doing are you winning Mm-hmm. Are, you winning? are you up uh, are you up are you and then in 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 a prison you go like what are you in for and then also in a as it turns out maximum security
2: hospital for pedophiles and sex offenders what are you in for and he do you remember what he says he says um along the lines of uh i'm in for date rape yeah he says which, date rape yeah. which is and I, c- I couldn't work out if in that moment because there's times in the documentary we were talking about where sometimes you see your eyes go brilliant we got the clip sort of thing uh, was I, that was that a moment where well, you that's went, how
1: we interpret it you might be thinking oh that's interesting but we we want the juices
2: you might think you're fucking poker face but we've got you sussed yeah. is what we're saying yeah but in that moment did you sort of go well that's fantastic uh
0: you know i'm i may have done i i can neither confirm nor deny right. it wasn't like there were many moments on that um shoot where i was like this is extraordinary there was another when they um do you remember at the same party? It was a Halloween party, and and the singing contingent. There's a, c- a choir at the uh, the hospital, and they they decide to sing the Adams Family I've theme. No, yeah, fucking. Hell. I'm creepy, and I'm okay, <laughs> I'm monstrous, and I'm okay, Whatever. The thing is, the the crazy thing about that guy, the, the alleged date rape guy, is he you say alleged even now. You, well, right. Here's my point: is that I would strongly suspect it was something uh, worse than date rape. That was him kind of dialing it down oh, i've like, got probably. to say something that doesn't sound wildly uh. like uh, 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 like he's not he's not he's obviously not in there for postage fraud right mm. but um well, it he, might also be you don't point. end up at koalinga um <laughs> for for a single date rape right you've got to have two index offenses and and by the way the t- as i'm sure you know the term date rape is um Considered offensive. You know, it's like, oh, well, it was a date and it went wrong. It gives the wrong impression. He was undoubtedly in there for a violent, um, a, a, a violent sex crime.
2: Yeah. And, so, so, so the story's yeah. It Yeah. I think it was worse than what and, Right. Saying. I see what you're saying. You're not trying to dial it down. You're <laughs> no. actually, yeah, you're giving him more credit than he deserves. There was, there was one
1: conversation that stuck out in, in, in my head from that one is where <laughs> you asked the guy, was, was that the one where, um, your son wanked you off, for example? And, and he's like, no, no, that never happened. He goes, Oh, man, I I wanked off and he was just there. Right, that's right, yeah. And I was like, easy mistake to make. That's not funny. It's not funny, but but
0: that same guy, he was, I can't, his name was Mr. Yarn. You had to call him Mr. It was one of the rules, one of the strange places about that, um, the strange things about that place was that... um, because they were uh, patients, not prisoners, they, they were, they, you know, it was a requirement of the of the hospital that they extend certain courtesies, mm. right? They weren't there to be punished. They were there to be m- kind of medically reformed. And so they couldn't, you know, so one of the things they were like. well, even the term patient... They said, "Well, we prefer that. We think that term is a bit demeaning." So I said, "What do you call them?" Said, so "We call them our residents," and um, and we always address them as Mister. So then I just got into the habit. Is, isn't that like, I mean about the accent? Though, isn't that bullshit
1: though? Really, like they 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 they're, <laughs> they're trying to nicey nicey something that isn't nice at all and the problem is is their attraction makes them a permanent danger for the rest of their lives to uh, what the rest of society holds dearest which is their children and then you know, they're all dialing it down and claiming, oh, I'm not, I'm not in for that bad a thing and we can reform these
2: people. You can't reform them. This the is whole... why he's making the docs and you No, but in setting, my head, I'm, yeah.
1: I'm watching thinking, how the. None of these guys come across as anywhere near reformed. Even the ones you're about to release, I'm thinking, no fucking way would I let him out. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking way.
0: Uh, I, uh, you should take my to your next it's one. In a sense, that um, the hospital is a. Um, how, what's the best way of putting it? Like, I think it's it's a de facto warehouse in the sense that very few people leave. That um, the the me, the, the no, more people get out on legal appeals mm. than get out having graduated from the what they call the phase program of, of rehabilitation. <laughs> I think rehabilitation. one, well, like one a year. Yeah. I mean, that's not an act. It, it, I, I remember when I was there and it had been going about seven years. They'd had about ten uh, something like that wow. actually leave. And I think the the problem is is you can't coerce people into therapy like they're there thinking like I'm not here to be released I'm here to be just kept behind you know I've done two prison terms uh, and then the the authorities are like we can't fucking let that guy out what are we going to do like okay why don't we have this law called civil commitment and it's a bit like a section where we say Mm -hmm. your dangerousness as a pedophile means that you're mentally ill Mm -hmm. now by many other metrics they wouldn't be considered mentally ill like they're not they don't experience any kind of psychosis. Uh, they, they, they in, in, in most respects, other than being deviant, sex offenders function, right? They are functional. They can keep jobs down.
1: Yeah, right. uh, if they try to use that, for example, as a plea of insanity, they, they'd never get it. No, they, exactly. It, uh,
0: for that reason. So, but, but for the purposes of keeping them behind yeah, some kind the, of uh, security glass, facility, yeah. they, they are deemed to be kind of medically unsound. And the t- legal term is sexually violent predator. And so they're, they're, they're put away... And, and, and then and then the uptake of the therapy is, is extremely low. Like it's only a small, a relatively small minority of people yeah. that take part but, in the therapy. So, like, mm. for the others, they're just going around playing squash, making lemonade, <laughs> do, singing the Adams Family theme. That was quite interesting. But I,
1: can I ask you one question about when you were interviewing one guy, it came across, like, so he was going, oh, the therapy and action, speak louder than words. And I was watching him, yeah, him like... It was Mr. Lamb. Yeah, th- this guy... You could almost feel a bit sorry for him. Right. Because I wasn't, when I was watching his interview, I wasn't aware of what he'd done. I think, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I was uh, paying enough attention or if it had been clarified yet. But the point was, is he was coming
0: across so compelling in his. Well, he spoke with a kind of exaggerated courtesy. Like he was deferential and it was like, he was, he, he was, his affect, he was like, oh yes, well, one wonders if. Well, he was, he's doing, he was actually, when I first met him, he was making a. a a ferris wheel out of bits of card for kids like a kid's craft project sure and then he was spinning it around saying like well when the wheel does spin it 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 reassures one somewhat that one has done it correctly which is rather a good feeling and so he had this sort of punctilious way of almost like um i I don't know how to describe it like like a a waiter at a really posh restaurant or 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 it was disarming and reassuring at the same time you ever have flown first class and the flight attendants no they're so sort of like almost like um, att- attentive. That it's faintly like it p- makes me quite tense, right? Yeah, I, you're like, get I that. have yeah. to reflect back your level of attentiveness, and then I'm, oh yes, thank you ever so much. Do you know what I mean? But the, yeah. P- the point yeah. of it is to relax <laughs>
1: yeah. you, but because you can feel you're trying to relax me, your brain goes, "I'm
2: not relaxed." This now. is extremely <laughs> tense yeah. now. Yeah, I had that. He's on we... first class, feeling really tense. Even when you get to business, there's a level of tension, but I imagine in first class it's like really tense. Oh my god! But you, I think, but if you're like um. I don't know, like Rupert Murdoch or, or Richard,
0: you're probably, you, you're like, yeah, bring me another one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah you don't give a this shit time, don't stint, you know, a little yeah. more vodka. Mm. But if you're, like, if you're like us and you're, you're sort of, Trying to be a decent person, you think, like, oh, I better give back what they're giving to me. I was once in; it doesn't happen often, but I've been upgraded a few times. And once, you know, they like, oh, we like your programs. We think we can make you a little more comfortable. So they bring me up into like business class, and they lay you out like on a full, like a full, like a flat bed, like a f- which is the dream on a long flight. You get a mm. flat bed. And are they you, these are new- you too
2: big for the bed, or are you? No, they're mm.
0: about six. They are a li- I'm six feet two and a half, and they're about that. They're, right. It's like just right. Mm. So, um. So then they, 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 they had these new beds and they're like so pleased to show them off. And like, oh, there I am lying, like, Andrew, we can tuck you in. Would you like me to take out the duvet, sir? Oh, that would be great. We'll tuck you in. And then like eight hours fly by and then we're coming into land. And I don't know if it was what well, I, I'd done something wrong. And I was like, I, I was having trouble. You know, like sometimes it's quite confusing operating. Yeah. Like the, the buttons and levers on, on, a, on, a, on a plane. And then I'm like, oh, do I release it? So I'm still lying down. That's so I hit my flight attendants button. And I say, like, I, I can't make it go back to a seat. So then they're like, oh, oh, so sorry, sir. Oh, just be one minute. And then they're leaning over me. And then I, don't, I think I'd broken the fucking. Lever Or the button So then They're like Levering it And, and then there's, there's, He gets his mate So then there's Two or three of them <laughs> <throughout> <laughs> you, Like bending over me And I'm there Like a the patient no. Undergoing I an operation
2: like, it. Oh, Just
0: grip over here oh, just Pull it oh. no, I did, no. so I'm so sorry I hope it wasn't Something I did oh, Just pull over here. Oh. And then they're like They can't fix it And yeah, they're like no. "Oh, Sorry So you're going to Have to come into land <laughs> <laughs> Lying down I don't even know If that's legal I don't think that but is there are, yeah. I'm, so I'm feeling awful Like I, they, yeah. they upgraded me. I broke their bed And now here I am Looking like a total planet Coming to land At Heathrow <laughs> Lying down With my seatbelt People belt walking on, past Going Louis
1: Theroux Thinks he's a problem <laughs> Yeah exactly
0: Yeah, 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 yeah exactly Everyone's filing class. off the plane oh. And then they're <laughs> yeah. still lying down Like, like a, a mental health like patient Who's <laughs> been locked Into his <laughs> bed
1: yeah. he's, been strapped he's
2: strapped Strapped down so yeah. Going, going back to that guy
1: episode. though He was um, My question basically was Were you like, look, this isn't therapy, this isn't work, and you're just trying to say whatever you need to say to get the hell out of here, and it's...
0: I said, you know what, I had a little showdown with him in the last scene of the film where I was like, I'd I'd actually read his clinical notes uh, at that point. Like, the first time I met him, I hadn't read his clinical notes. It was only two days into the shoot I was realised, oh, we're allowed to read their clinical notes. Mm, So the first couple of interviews I did with some of the contributors... Um, I, I hadn't read them. I, I don't. Clinical notes might not be the right term, but whatever. I had more background on what he'd done, and then I, I, I realized for the first time that he had two daughters. He'd been married, and that part of his grooming process had been getting his daughters' friends over and and putting them in the bath, and that that would lead to the, him abusing them. That was a preamble to his abuse. And you know, when you read. Um, you know, I'm I very much I like t- take people as I find them. Like it's part of my process in a way to sort of arrive in a space and, and try and size someone up and figure out based on how they re- a- react with me and how they behave. Like what I make of them and see. You know, and call them on stuff that I've seen. I try not to dredge up stuff too much. But clearly, if you're talking to a criminal or 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 or, or a paedophile you know, they can come across very plausible. And what you realize is that you really need, you you, you absolutely have to be briefed. And so two days in, I had more information. I realized what his offense pattern was. And I thought he'd been very open. In some respects he had, he told me like, oh, I have 54 offenses, mostly involving boys in their teens like those weren't convictions those were things that he'd revealed in therapy which is another reason they don't do therapy a lot of them by the way is because it can lead to new cases Mm -hmm. because you're supposed to be open in therapy like and actually if you've been convicted on three counts of this involving two boys but actually you've abused 50 boys right then they're thinking, like, why, why on earth would I disclose that in mm. therapy when yeah. that could be used against me in a future case?
2: Anyway. You're in for life anyway, though. So you uh, you.
0: Not technically, because he's not there on a conviction. He's there on a medical, right. for a medical rehabilitation. Right. That he could come out on, at, in theory, at any time. And in fact, anyway, he. so I challenged him on his offences a bit more robustly, and he got crossed. Like, you saw his, um, whatever sense of vanity and narcissism, like, behind his... Accentuated uh, sort of humility, humility was a kind of a, 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 a sort of a narcissism, and, 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 and he, he, I put his back up a bit, and he got he got annoyed, and I think you saw a bit more of. Of the real person, he's like. I'm not sure how much I can do. I've been whole. Let, hear me out on this. I've been in here for five years. I've castrated myself chemically in order to, which gone beyond what was required of me. I have made account of, of everything that I've done. So I feel that. And then his therapist was there, and she was she was sort of giving me the evils like. What would you expect Mr. Lamb to do in your in your um, words to own up to what he's done? Like, what would you expect from him? So then, I'm, um, I mean, in a, in a sense, um, I felt a little bit bad for him because I was just mm-hmm. it, it, there was a part of it that was just creating a moment for television. Like, I was conscious that I need to be seen to. Um, give this guy a little bit of a of a grilling, mm. and then he's sort of obviously upset and reacting badly. To give you the and then last year I made four series, uh, four episodes of a follow up show about various things. I followed up on him. He was one of the people I got back in touch with. Oh wow! And he had been released uh, about three years after I was there, and then um, fell afoul of the process. I don't think he'd done any new crimes, but I think he he'd failed to register and. I think they'd intercepted some mail for him that they felt was inappropriate, and he, he was back. I, I
2: can't remember if he was back in. He was back what behind. I need to get caught by the way, like you, you know, you've got the internet there, and you're getting mail sent to you. Like that's. Let's yeah. not give them a. I, I think I, he was in jail. Well, he was in jail
0: on something, <clears> uh, <throat> having failed to register. He said my car broke down or something. Then he sent a letter. They intercepted the letter. Anyway, bottom line he's back. All all the guys who were doing really well in therapy, it was Mr. Allegedly. Lam and a legend and and Mr. Rigby was another Mr. Rigby was Back in prison on a new case, oh, like he'd, he'd molested.
2: There was one guy who you seen had an inappropriate picture. So that was Mr. Richard. No, not sorry. one. No, not one inappropriate picture. Yeah. Like a series of inappropriate but, pictures. Godf- where he went, I wouldn't. This, this one of the best bits because you've got his caseworker there at that time. Yes. And they go, and you go, would you say that? Does he look like he's a teenager, or is he not a teenager? And he's like, well, he looks old enough to me. Yeah. And I'm, so, and you're sort of in this grey area. And then even the caseworker seems to want to back him and yeah. sort of go well he looks he looks fairly adult he to seems me seems to be of age yeah that's what he says yeah that was a the thing is is i
0: mean we talk about koalinga that's the name of the place for the whole podcast but because it's one of the most extraordinary people say what's the weirdest place you've ever been in a sense koalinga is it because of the collision of the, the the sort of the dangerous psychological profile of the people who are there but also the weirdness of the institution itself yeah. right you know mental health processes many of them are imperfect at best which isn't to say you know, a lot of it doesn't work, but a lot of it is, is, is um, you know, inexact. You know what I mean? We don't understand. The brain is mysterious. And the idea of curing people, like, whether it's medication or therapy, or these are all, to some extent, still being figured out. And when you're talking about a, a, a dangerous, like an ingrained um, bu- abu- groomer and abuser of children, and then you're attempting to use sort of uh, AA-style therapy or group counseling therapy uh, to, to address that, it's really put, kind of putting a plaster on a gaping wound, and, and
1: also having them all together, mm-hmm. to me, normalizes so much of what they've all done when they're talking. There was one guy who went, "Yeah, I think most of us in here are." He had like a um yeah, that's the problem. A Spanish look to him, uh, like a, a gangster uh, kind of thing. Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. And he was like, "I think most of us are sane here," and I'm. <clears throat> watching that thing And you, that's because You are all together Going what are you in for And it's becoming like Ah it's not a big
0: deal Right well, point, he, hand, yeah. a, he has a point in a way Like in a sense like He's saying like We've committed crimes But we're not meant to Yeah he was Ill. right In that sense in, So so in a way It's sort of like um, His point is um, uh, We're being held For future crimes Like we're being <sighs> held For crimes that we may commit In the future But we've all done our terms We've done our pr- probation And our parole Uh huh and and like until we commit another crime, who are you to say that we're mentally ill? And then, well, they would say, well, uh, two psychologists have deemed you to be medic, you know, da- like dangerous. Mm. But it 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 is a kind. Of, it's it's a slightly awkward because most paraphilias, which is what pedophilia is, like you know, people have sex with cars,
2: people have sex with vending machines, mm. right? People dress but up. Those, they're not left with. They're not left with. Um, the car isn't left with a terrible memory. No, they're not. Tra- the car yeah. is not traumatized. Mm. No, <laughs> you'd hope not. Right. Although you might need a new
0: exhaust, unless it's kit. At which point, you know, right. So, as yeah. a society, we've made the decision rightly that those those um, paraphilias that leave victims in their wake are treated more 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 severely, more seriously. But in
2: me, in strictly medical terms. Um, it's not actually a, a mental illness Are they not just being kind to them Because that's what I kind of thought When you made that point I was a bit like Listen They're being quite kind to you here They could have put you In an institution Where there was no chance For rehabilitation They could have put you In an institution And basically gone Lock them up And throw away the no, key No but they could Legally they couldn't But they could. But the the legal system Could just do that And they could just say they Pedophiles They could change the, the yeah, sentences they Basically would... pedophiles Are so dangerous That there is no way To re- rehabilitate them But th- well, there they is Well But those laws I mean They'd have to pass A whole new set of laws They're working with the laws that exist But he was sort of arguing And I get what you're saying But it, what I mean is The system could just go These people don't deserve A second chance Naturally it's as bad as murder You've, you've taken away Someone's happiness For 20 30 years of their life that's as bad as murder which a lot of people probably would regard it as that will lock you up and throw away the key i'm not necessarily making the case for that but i mean he's then sort of taking the piss by going well is it really that bad and you sort of say in your book i think a lot of them kind of justify it by speaking about things like things from ancient greece and things like that's that right. and they try and find ways of um normalizing, not, normalizing, it.
0: normalizing yeah. it, yeah no uh, well here so so what what i think people were faced with like the the authorities were faced with was the fact that historically um, sentences for child abuse and paedophilia were like relatively low certainly by today's standards so we're talking about I think uh, those people that most of the people at Coalingo were quite old like it was rare to see anyone under 50 most were in their 60s 70s and 80s And um, so there are people who've done things that they would have done a lot more time. They can pass all the laws they want now, and I think many of those laws have been passed, but um, they were dealing with people who were coming out of prison now, and they had people that they wanted to lock up now, and they needed a legal framework to do it. The other thing, though, is the cost of keeping them there in those medical facilities is enormous right. like it's it's more it's over a hundred thousand i think you said
1: 200 grand a
0: year yeah yeah per, 200 per grand a year per guy with like 700 in that one i mean it's, it's millions and um Good some business. of them are in their 80s and and, and 90s right mm. i mean a so about as dog i mean and actually um there we go <laughs> uh,
1: sorry I forgot I forgot where that right came yeah, from.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right, and so they they are do you think people will your audience get the reference no no that was a, a totally in,
1: innocent reference. <laughs> really stuff. was it though? But then yeah. you know when you've watched something and cuz obviously I've been watching all of your stuff yeah. things just creep into your brain. Absolutely. Um actually I wanted to talk to you about your drink problem more. Okay. Uh, what is uh, your uh, drink of uh, choice uh, when uh, you're
0: borderline your, drink problem? Borderline yeah. drink problem. Well, well, you sort of have a similar about, issue, don't you? Yeah,
1: I just like whiskey.
0: Right. My, that was my other thing I was going to say that. So w- w- during the pandemic mm. I was drinking uh, bourbon, mm. Kentucky bourbon. Good choice. And, and and I got into something called Bullet, which an American friend had introduced me to. It's not expensive. It's it's a relatively, like, you fi- you may find, uh, they sell it in my co-op mm. uh, where, where I live in northwest London. You're really selling it. I mean, uh, they don't, I've, I worry, like, actually a little part of me was like, I'm talking about Bullet a lot in my book. I wonder if they'll send me, like, some free Bullet. But I almost prefer... That they didn't so i can keep a, dis, a kind of dispassionate distance from yeah, it because yeah. because actually um christmas
1: was, is bad for that isn't it where you just get everyone gets your whiskey Alcohol, anything, yeah. you whiskey know, yeah yeah uh, and so i was work.
0: you know if i have i actually i was gonna say if i had bullet in the house i'm having a dry january okay Good so i'm feeling quite smug i'm two days in I, I didn't start bank monday was a bank holiday so i, I oh you can't start on a bank holiday on. no wait, wait. but where do we on thursday so Tuesday, Wednesday. I haven't had anything to drink And I've got some bourbon in the house But typically like If I had bourbon in the house I'm like Fuck it I'm going to have some
1: How many glasses of whiskey Can you get through In a night And still be like I don't know What was the most for you Where you're just like I oh. don't
0: really keep tabs But um, Wow you, you really know, are gone In the book There's several times When I um, I talk I don't use the term uh, Blackout But there were several times When I would wake up uh on the sofa or uh, on the spare bed and and not quite remembering yeah. the last couple of hours. Yeah. Like, it, for some reason, January 6th, the night of the insurrection, I got mullered. Um, <laughs> I think there was a lot going on, you know? And, yeah. and a, a, part, a lot of the people involved in, the, you know, what was going on at the White House um, were people that we'd been... Not a lot. Some of them were people we'd been in touch with for documentaries and had been in the process of making a documentary about... Um, you know me- members of the far right groups and i was thinking this is so weird what's going on over there and 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 also i just so i, I had a couple like Oliver. of us, I did, it's hard to reconstruct i mean it was only like was it a tuesday night it wasn't like a it was a week night mm. and um and i remember i'd also heard that oliver stone had heard a podcast that i did that he was in like he'd listened to and he'd, he'd said something really nice about it mm. and then i'd listened to a Thing had done with FKA Twigs, a rough cut, and I was like, "That sounds good." Like a few little things had happened that made me happy. Ah, uh, that gets you going. And then I was like, "I have I'll a drink then Have another." And then a I was reward. watching Edinburgh on TV, and yeah. I was watching this frog freezing. And I remember that this is this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen on television. Like the frog is freezing, but it's still alive. And then you saw it defrost, like like a like, like a block of ice. And then became they went ribbit, ribbit, came back to and I thought I thought this is the most extraordinary thing I've ever been on, seen on TV, and then I had a couple more drinks. But your question was how much? I don't know. Quite a lot, though. Yeah, Quite you're a, a big lot. guy
1: as well. I think us big guys we can we Fucking can put man. it away. Mm. Uh, I love the fact that you are watching Attenborough. because yeah. to me you two are like you make different stuff, but yeah. you are the two best known documentary makers in the world. I well,
0: mean, it's n- I nice yeah. to be considered in the same mm. breath. I, I one of the proudest moments. So, and most surreal moments of my career was a few years ago when I, we, I was pl- I was asked to plug things for a new, I think it was a new app or a new platform, or maybe it was just an iPlayer push. And they like talk about things that you liked on TV that are on iPlayer. And I can't I think I mentioned uh, probably uh, League of Gentlemen and uh, you know one or two other things. And um, uh, and I and then they showed me the Edinburgh one. And he said, "Yes, I enjoy the young Mister Threw," and 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 it was like the idea of of being um, given a seal of approval by him.
2: You okay. sure he didn't mean Justin Threw for what he's done in Hollywood?
0: Mm. Well, you know, until you said that, but he—I don't think he's on the iPlayer. <laughs> That's a good no, point.
2: No, yeah, yeah, I get no, that. Yeah. you've got yeah, him on yeah. that one. Yeah, few. You the, also he, no, that, can I just sorry. say a little... <laughs>
1: That's unbelievable. That, like it? For you, as yeah. a, as, as, he's the godfather of the, the game, isn't he? So, he's,
0: he's the don. Yeah. I mean, he is Il Capo di Tucci Capo. Yeah, every time Again, he trends, yeah. great
2: reference. Yeah.
1: Every time he trends, people are terrified that anything's happening because obviously he's getting to an older age yeah. and we, we're just like, not him, yeah. he's the
2: best. That is know? kind of, the, I think that's Twitter's biggest, uh, they're, they're basically, they must be prepping for that day at Twitter, mm. just lining servers up for tweets about David Attenborough mm. when he finally does... You know, pass on to the next yeah. natural world What kind of music are you into, Louis?
0: I, you know, a bit of everything I would say almost everything Like, I listen to a lot of, at the moment Grime and drill Really? Yeah, because my kids Because of your kids I love mainly, it Mainly because my kids If I were in the car They insist on um, Is there one artist in particular? Uh, well, AJ Tracy Okay, I like, great, good choice Central C. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Central C seems to be Kind of but you're know, sort of blowing up right now. Um, who, who are the other, like <laughs> yes. some of the white guys? Like H and R D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, R Ardy. yeah. D's got a collab with um, Central C at the moment. I think.
2: Were you? Is this? Do you
0: think it also stems I like from real your... life music, factual pain music? Do you mean? So did you? You like hip hop back in the day? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's hard to keep up because artists, the turnover of artists in the rap and hip hop world is is quite fast. Yeah. It's much higher now. But, well, back in the like in the. I, you can also it's, it's lower now in the sense that when I was coming up in, you know in the late 80s early 90s the golden age of hip hop and there were artists uh, like uh, I mean EPMD uh, D people you may not even D-Nice I do D-Nice uh, yeah. uh, BDP uh, which was KRS-One but Big Daddy Broadline Big Daddy Kane system. had Borderline, that would, yeah BPD, but similar. The, the Big Daddy Kane had like two extraordinary albums. He had a third that was so so, and then I think a fourth that was dreadful. Even like the the the, the kind of premier uh, MC of, of, of the t- of the time, Eric B. Um, oh, and, and, and Rakim, Rakim, yeah, yeah, and, 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 paid and, and, in and, full. And Rakim's um, Rakim's uh, flow royalty. was extraordinary, and he was yeah. royalty. And he had like three really strong albums, but then he fell off, mm. and it was almost like that was the. It was like are you only really in this world You only really get to be the big man For a couple of years how did you But then later just to right. go, But then later it felt like oh well someone like um, I, I don't know if it was uh, NWA That changed the template because they like someone like Ice Cube Stuck around mm. and then Jay-Z Stuck around and nah, then it's like oh no Oh now you can be like rock stars like the ro- now you can Be like the Rolling Stones yeah
1: Snoop Dogg and all Of them and just, you can, and Snoop yeah, Dogg forever. and they're
0: still They're forever artists yeah. but that's not Still Dre yeah Still, Trey. Uh, Did you watch um,
1: the um, the Defiant Ones?
0: No, I, I mean to watch
1: it. Oh, you'd love that. Yeah,
0: I would love God. it. I would love it. Yeah. I was too busy drinking bourbon in the kitchen. I spent two years sort of not watching as... Well, it sounds a bit weird, but not watching as many docs as I would like. Uh-huh. More or less because I didn't... I was sort of it was hand to mouth in a sense in the, you know, with respect to just domestic chores, work commitments, parenting. And then the only TV I could watch was stuff that involved the family. And I I can't, I can't always get them to sign up to a documentary.
1: Uh, So this, the the COVID situation, lockdowns, all of that. One of my mates who's got three kids basically said to me, it was driving him insane Mm -hmm. being surrounded by, like he said, I love them, but I can't fucking do this. Like it's doing my head in now. And, you drinking and stuff like that and yeah. telling us how you are like how was it for you just going through that time and and also how are you feeling about the world right now yeah uh, because it's it seems weird like we were kind of told get the uh, get the vaccine and we'll all be okay to get back to normal and now we're like still have this sort of thing hanging over us as a society how is it making you feel
0: well the, to the first question you know you have to acknowledge uh, I have to acknowledge, like I had it easier than than most in mm. the sense that I'm I'm well paid. We've got a nice house. Um, I, I don't have those insecurities, but it was horrendous. You know, like from from where I was sitting, like uh, uh, the experience I had was um, just the, this. What what I have to hold on to because you get further away from it and it dims a bit, and you sort of remember that there's some more positive aspects. But parts of it I found totally um, almost incapacitating. And specifically, it was the feeling of having a young child at home. And I think anyone who's listening to this or watching this who had young children at home who weren't in school during the lockdown while also attempting to do a job from home will recognize this. And you've got a deadline or you've got someone who's expecting something from you or an important call. And then you have a small child too, too, who, who's, too, who's too young to really be independent or to be able to um, take care of like, homeschooling on his own. Um, and and they're kicking off, and and actually, it's a really, it's a very weird and upsetting feeling because it, it, it feels like it's a combination of sort of sadness and rage. I don't know if there's a word for that. Mm-hmm. Sage. Sage. It's despair. It's it's utter anguish, and um, you know, because um, you normally
1: have such control over your yeah, life, and, and now it's like, and, what and it's do almost I do?
0: like, and also, I'm haunted by the idea that people have of me or may have of me that I'm someone who's sort of relatively um. Uh, so, sort of uh, You know In control of his emotions Like stoical Or has some degree Of equanimity Right mm. And then here I am Thinking like I, I, I want to go Fucking punch a wall Or just smash An object <laughs> over my head Do you, and know you know did, what I mean There was or a few times screamed. When you shouted at your
2: kids In your own book and yeah, stuff there's And there's, there's like an shout, episode
0: I shouted so loud One night This is shameful
2: No
1: but this is healthy To hear from people Who aren't who Which have, is sort of the
0: point Of yeah, writing the book Was that right. like, I want to own I don't want to write a book About my personal life it was almost like an antidote to the previous book, where I was talking more about my professional life, but glossed over aspects of how difficult I find many things about my work-life balance and um, just being a present dad and, and and husband. And and so I thought, you know, if I if I maybe the point of this book is just to sort of reveal the ugliest part of how I am in the domestic setting. And so there was one night when I can't remember. It was kicking off. The kids weren't going to bed, and it was uh, it was just kicking off. And I and I just. Just started shouting, and and it was that weird thing where you're shouting, and then there's a little part of you going like, like there's a little sane, tiny homunculus in your brain going like, "Wow, you've really lost it." (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like they're still sane. Like he's become very small. Yeah, because the other
1: voice is over is overpowering. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and he's like, he's, he's saying like, "Wow, you're shouting really loudly." you must have really lost it <laughs> <laughs> and then but you're still there and you go like get into bed now and then um i went back to bed i remember lying on the bed and going like this is weird like my heart is beating so fast <sighs> and i felt like kind of ashamed yep. and and i've had this sort of adrenaline dump from the rage and um and you know if you're if you're married or you have a significant other you know they it's almost like a tag team moment like time out like get in there like you know like you switch switch out and 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 I, and i so i looked over at nancy my wife and i'm like oh i think i lost it didn't i and she's like yeah yeah you did you tapped out basically i tapped out and i'm mm. like maybe can you handle it you know like Tra- she-
1: traditionally dad is the the last resort mother is the first resort and yeah. you know when it's really bad i'm gonna get your daddy uh, yeah. what kind of role did well, do you, you pick know,
0: up what i realized is that one of my um Sort of pinch points like psychologically when I feel most under stress mm-hmm. is when I feel like I'm caught between my wife and my kids mm-hmm. and 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 my wife said something like um you, you know you need to handle that or or or. or they're being too loud sorted out right or, or i just feel like i've been given it's almost like um, <laughs> a mission. you know when dogs get stressed and they say it's like when they have insecurity about who the leader is and i don't know i don't even think that's a good analogy but i just mentioned that because it's like you know they start they're like unless you're up they go i don't have a pack leader i guess that means i'm the pack leader i better bite everyone in sight right. Do you know what i
2: mean yeah. um you bite your kids.
0: Stop biting my <laughs> right. kids! No, so then I go in, and the kids are acting up, and then and then I'm feeling like I've been sent one mission, right, which is to uh, make sure the kids are quiet, or get them in their shoes, or get them in the bath, and and it's not happening. And if it was, if I didn't have the top level sort of, if I didn't have my orders. <laughs> I'd be like fine Whatever Fuck it. I might be Or I'd be, I, I wouldn't feel That I'm caught pressure. Between the, the pressure yeah. and so is, is that, that, that your brings own
2: up Pressure If you'd have put The pressure on yourself It wouldn't be that bad That's no. yeah. the fact That Nancy But is you can't go back
1: to her empty handed I feel you like You like need a result here
2: I need like I'm I'm in the middle Management position
0: Caught between Like two countervailing <laughs> right. Forces You're Tim in the office It's extreme Maybe so uh, Yeah it's extreme. I don't remember him Screaming and shouting no. That much though No
2: but you, he just About keeps a level on it But here's the, time. the point
0: Is that as a result The next morning I woke up and my vocal cords felt really weird and then through the course of the day my voice disappeared and then didn't come back for three days and for three days I thought that I professional broadcaster podcaster had actually sort of gone Julie Andrews do you remember Julie Andrews lost her voice voice, I don't think maybe that was from shouting at her kids I don't know but um I thought
1: I I think it's great that you admit that you lost him because you always come across in your documentaries as the calm guy who, in the face of... A screaming Nazi or whoever, you manage to always hold your nerve, and yeah. it just shows that even you between, as you say, caught between kids and a, and a missus, can lose it. Yeah,
2: and I think that's great. I found that quite a lot in your book. Where I uh, so I've had a wife for about six months now, and it was quite insightful because uh, like had
0: a, i had a, a It sounds like a car.
2: We ordered her off the website. She was fantastic. <laughs> i had a
0: wife. Could, yeah, so we've been a particular now? wife for
2: uh, She's <laughs> lovely. Um So we we've been we've been together for about ten years, but now we've we've the married normal for about six phrase months. would be like i've been married for about six months. right okay yeah i'm it's difficult to find a normal phrase but the point is right she uh we've been married for that time and i found there was a particularly insightful chapter in your book which actually i listened to as an audiobook where you're talking about being present as a father yeah. and how your wife uh, says some of the similar things to what my wife currently says where it's like you know you're not around enough yeah. for all these kind of things. Yeah. And how you ended up dealing with that. We actually, so I listened to it on my own but I actually sat her down and we listened to it together and kind of laughed our way through really? that oh, nice because I was that. like, this was like therapy because you were saying in a way it, it kind of does work out but one yeah. of you does make some sacrifices.
0: Yeah,
2: It was quite interesting to listen to though how 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 much you do reveal about yourself because I think in your previous but before that you'd almost gone the other way where you gone I don't like t- people that's knowing right. too much about and in fact, the f- I've
0: got three books in the first one I'd say almost nothing about
2: yeah. anything personal that's why I was struck by and
0: then the, in the middle one which is uh, gotta get through, through this, this. Yeah. I talk a bit about um, the home front battles on the home front and struggles over um, me being away a lot for work and then I went all in that was sort of the whole point of this one through the keyhole was to own up to short of uselessness in the domestic setting and that feeling of like people say you know how do you, you know, the question i'm probably asked more than any other um you know when i do q a's and stuff is like how, how do you stay i gotta ask how do you stay so calm when talking to these ku klux klansmen or 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 racists or cult crazy cult members what, and, what do you say and 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 what i always have is this sort of um sort of guilty feeling of It doesn't really require a great deal of effort. And if anything, I I have to G myself up to be confrontational. Like, my natural setting in in work mode is sort of quite passive, which I think it it can be a strength. Mm -hmm. In fact, maybe... um, uh, one of my sort of um, qualities as a journalist that's, that's allowed me to get into places others haven't and create programs others haven't and, and, and is that I don't feel an, a strong urge to take people on. If people say things that are kind of controversial or outrageous, I, well, I'm not thinking like, that's wrong, like, stop it. I'm thinking like, oh, how interesting. I, I wonder where that comes from. You know, tell me more. That's your superpower as, Maybe, as an Indian. Yeah, in and my, I mean, my weakness. I don't you think weaknesses are superpowers in general? It,
1: it, both. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, if I was to try and do the same thing, this like I have a, a, a much more threatening appearance, and therefore they it. they would be yeah, I guess, less likely.
0: You're cheating because you're showing off your tattoos. <laughs> yeah. If no, you if you had your short sleeves
1: on, yeah, you'd be a see, lot more intimidating. We'd, we'd see all the the, no, the gun show show. And, and the, the prison uh, tattoos. But, but you got. Um, what I'm saying is, that, uh, you are you have this chameleon effect on people where you can slip in and not be that um person who they're going to look at and go i can't tell him this in case this is the reaction they accept you and you uh it's genius the way you never apart from scientology i believe you've always been invited by these people in That's and right. it's not one of those things where uh, they're not willing participants. They're, they're, right. they're understanding, well, to a degree, they're understanding mm-hmm. what they're getting themselves into. And one of the things that struck me when I was watching all of your work was if you ever look back on it and feel a bit. Yeah. Look, some of these are, are what I would call bad people, like, you know, these religious nutters and, and racists and people who hate gay people, they're terrible people. But at the same time, they are people. And a lot of them probably were oblivious to what they were really getting themselves into. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're me and you were talking here and we know this is going to be seen by a lot of people and you you know what is happening and I know what's happening fully. Some of them didn't. And I wondered if you ever had a little element of, uh, was that the right, like, you know, because now they're forever that, Nutter, yeah. and it's everywhere forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I mean, in a way, um, dealing with that and thinking that through was um, a process that I went on through the course of um, the first five years of making programs, mm. right? And and I came into program making via um, being a correspondent for a TV show called TV Nation that was hosted by Michael Moore, and Michael Moore is a out and out satirist who's Whose mission in life is to sort of set the world to rights by um satirizing the bad guys and sending them up. And and, and, and also, not to sound weird, but I always liked prank shows. And you know, for me, things like Candid Camera, Beatles About, Game Trigger Happy, Game for a Laugh, later Trigger Happy but although but trigger happy was like, so that wasn't formative for me the form the ones that were formative that i then thought uh, and and that i thought that's that that's that's the, that's gold kind of like
1: bora originally huh yeah
0: yeah or indeed brass eye really. yeah right who who sort of the godfather yeah. of that second generation or you know that sort of more modern era of um, pranksters where their idea, Because everyone knew who Alan Funt was who did Candy Camera. Everyone knew who Jeremy Beadle was. And then the, the, so the next iteration was, what about if we never break character, right? Mm-hmm. We make it even more, in a sense, merciless mm-hmm. by not having the moment where we show you how funny you looked when we made your car disappear and you didn't know where it was. Right. So I came into TV thinking that like, that's really the, – that's the funny space in fact-based comedy is getting one over on people. Mm-hmm. But actually – that wasn't really I didn't really like doing it that much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those, those little first forays of, of doing it. And I quite quickly evolved into a into a different work mode, which just involved spending time with outrageous people and being more of a straight person. Because if you're a prankster, they're in a sense, the straight person, you know, in the comic setting, like whereas um, the prankster is the funny, the funny one but i i don't really i'm not i'd much rather be among people who are outrageous or or intriguing or or, or unusual or interesting and just drill into that and so um but your question was about did i have regrets did i think about you know there were times when um i was aware that afterwards the the people that i interviewed revisited what we did or felt as though we weren't fully informing them about the nature of what we were doing it was it was more the exception than the rule there's definitely things i look back at now where i think oh that's a bit painful or that's a slightly cheap shot or why are you pushing quite so hard on that it feels borderline harassive or bullying what sort of thing oh um so uh, some of them are in vo lines where i think oh that vo line feels a bit judgmental there's a moment in the swingers program where we arrive at, at the checkout counter of a supermarket, uh, it, it, I'm with the woman who's hosting the swingers party. She's very nice. She's very obliging, and she's like, she's like, now when we go in there, don't you know? Don't say that we're doing it for a swingers party, okay? Because people can be very judgmental. So then we're at the checkout counter, and I start going, Margaret, Margaret maybe we should she's quite attractive (laughs) shall we invite her to the party (laughs) just to be a goof right and she's like no don't mention it no but why don't she might want to come to the party Mm. And she had "No, don't mention the party." And it's not—it's not like horrible. It's just—it's just a sort of needling. You're
1: not taking it as seriously as she is. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's,
0: it's, it's a tiny bit. It, like, when I watch it now, I'm like, is it that funny or is it a little mm. bit unkind? There's another one. I mean, it, it's going to sound really trivial to you because it's these are, in the judgment, like in, it's all in, in the. In the roster of crimes of television that i 've committed, these are relatively uh, small but 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 that, this was the question that was asked right so another one is when i 'm talking to a, a guy called Troy Halston, who's a porn performer and he 's gay for pay is the term mm-hmm. and and then after he 's done his and, and, and i 'm like, well, are you really straight and just being gay for pay, or are you actually bisexual right or gay right um, <clears throat> after he 's had his gay sex for the for, for money in, in the porn scene. He goes, uh, well, I, I said, what, so what did you have to do? You gave a guy a blowjob? He goes, uh, yeah, I can't remember the exact line, but he goes, uh, unfortunately. And then something about that rankled, right? Like I thought, well, if you're going to do it, don't be like, Enjoy unfortunately. <laughs> like, Be like, yeah, you know what I mean? You can't have it both ways. That I mean, I might have been mental. Mental. I know, right. I might have been wrong. It's so, well, about unfortunately. Put a bit of enthusiasm yeah, on right, it. Yeah. And and that's I, what they were saying And on so well, I though. heard myself say, oh, come on, you enjoyed it. <laughs> right or something like that. The one, which, ma- the one that which which again was I think um, it's not the worst thing in the world. It was me. I'd have to see it again. No, but, you, to, but this I, is it the strikes thing, me right? as a tiny bit unfair. And I remember in the edit there was a conversation about shall we take that bit out? Right. And at the time I was like, take it out. What are you talking about? That's one of the you know funny the- bits in the <laughs> in the film. But but evidently the director and the series producer were like, oh, that's really on the edge of a bit mean or maybe even. I don't know Homophobic No because he's Bullshitting himself Because there are Some things you
1: can do And be like Yeah unfortunately Like you know, I, I don't know You may, may not have swept the house up properly or Right, whatever, but right, he, yeah. He's using a word that doesn't fit With the you, blowjob Putting a dick in your mouth and, and and getting on with it You know what I mean? Like, yeah That ain't something you Well, unfortunately But, but also It just, doesn't fit it what didn't, he didn't, did right,
0: It did need a response It needed a response Absolutely. from me Absolutely Like right. for me to go, mm-hmm. Come on like, mm. But so I went So I sh- probably should have said um, what, So you didn't enjoy it at all? That would have been fine Right But what I said was Come on, you enjoyed it a bit Or something like that
2: But I quite like that And also But also I wonder If you take those things out Then I don't see how Part of what I like Is watching the relationship Between you And the people you are With develop One of my favourite
1: ones Was when you became Sort of friends With the problematic Prostitute uh, In that uh, Brothel house Where originally You had this really Sort of Edgy relationship Where she kind of Was testing you And Mm -hmm. clearly I mean she didn't have Great relationships with men Kind of bullying you a little bit but and but you stayed with it mm-hmm. and eventually won her over and became quite friendly it was so a lovely arc
0: right. yeah, yeah yeah Haley was her working name mm. and uh she in her first interview was very obliging and, and but just obviously intelligent and thoughtful and reflective in a way that um to me was surprising at the time and um and and then she kind of realized I don't know if she got my number or she was she was shrewd and she figured out that she needed to take control of the situation and so she said like I'm not going to do any more interviews unless you book a party with me which is the term and um and so I feel like you had to kind of win her
1: over and once you did that you yeah, went in
0: then 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 we did we I booked a, a massage yeah. which I paid for out of my own money no license to pay money. Went for that. Uh, went towards <laughs> that. That's
2: fine. Yeah. I remember. I, I it coming towards much worse things.
0: I arrived, I had Polish neighbours at the time, and, I, and, and and the day after the program went out, I arrived back at my house in Halston and uh, the neighbour he was quite a grumpy old man, and he and he said, "I see this program, and for this we pay our license fee." <laughs> <pay." laughs> It's, it's not often you get you, Normally the f- people only bother To give you feedback If it's positive uh, yeah. But actually to be reprimanded By someone who's pissed off And not it. actually from the country uh, Well himself. he's basically He's UK You've still, yeah, yeah, still well, got to pay
2: Whether you have a TV you, you know, You've got the TV long, Pay
0: the fee How thing? long Lawrence right. That's the
1: question That's a very good point um, So <laughs> when, when she's on This is the thing I wondered She was a what many men would consider attractive woman tall blonde mm-hmm. good boobs and bum all of that was in sure. place well, she's a prostitute. and you're obviously a guy in a relationship at the time she's straddling you massaging you um and you seem quite sort of nervous awkward it was it was it was it was a, it was a lovely moment to, to sort of watch you but were you feeling Attracted to her, was that a difficult thing for you to go through?
0: Uh,
1: even though she wasn't your, clearly, you weren't on a wavelength romantically, but it's a a
0: naked woman on
1: top of you, right?
0: I, you know, hand on heart, I wasn't, it wasn't for me an erotic encounter, Mm. it was, it was, it was awkward, it was embarrassing, and um, and that was exactly what she wanted out of it. And I think, and I think, oddly though, in, in disarming me. You know, and and realizing how um, almost defenseless I was in one sense, like like kind of in a sense, you know, figuratively, but literally also Uh naked, although I had boxes on. I think in disarming me, she sort of disarmed herself because I think she was surprised that I did it, I think. And I think when she saw, you know how it's, it's hard to be angry at someone who's defenseless. And I think. She had her dander was up a bit. She was, uh, you know, she, I think she'd been feeling a bit like, "What am I getting out of this documentary?" I've given him a few interviews. Mm-hmm. Why, why should I even do this? Unless you book a party, then I'm not even going to give you. It. Then once I did it, she get, she gets all giggly yeah. and, and she's like t- saying all kinds of things. And and, I, and then although I'm sort of awkward and embarrassed to be there, but I start asking questions and doing interviews during the during the, the massage, and then she answers them yeah. very uh, uh, very candidly because ah. you proved you weren't above her right. I, and, and maybe she
1: was thinking that at the start like who's this British journalist coming in but now you're literally there half naked on her table and you're clearly saying look I, I don't think I'm better than you I'm willing to be a part of this or, to a degree but You right. called a bluff in a sense? And I think that that really uh, was, as someone who may want to make something like that one day. It was a bit of a lesson for me. To go, yeah. All right.
0: Okay. Specifically, to make the prostitute. Well, no, I mean, I'm just, just checking. It
1: was, it was admirable the way you just got your sort of hands dirty. sort of. Well, I, I appreciate that,
0: that. You know, in the end, um, you know, that kind of participation in, 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 in a documentary, it has to be, uh, handled in quite a careful way. And I think to, to be there and say like, I'm going to get a ma- you know, massage from a working girl. Um, it could be Crass, and 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 actually, because she dictated the terms, and even with her dictating the terms, it really needs a lot of thinking through, and and um, you know, and it wasn't totally straightforward on the home front. Like you can imagine, I like, I was I wasn't married at the time, but I, my, the woman who is now my wife was my relatively new girlfriend. <laughs> In fact, one of the things that told me what a special person she was was the level of kind of coolness and and, and sort of self-possession she showed when i showed it to her like she wasn't gonna let me see that it bothered her but she's like she just said oh you are flirting with her a bit and like she just clocked it she knew exactly what was going on but she's like i'm not gonna um make a big thing out of it
2: it takes quite a lot of, there's um you do show her quite a bit of your work don't you like there's a point in oh, your book yeah. where you talk about showing her a meth documentary yeah yeah yeah. she tells you 20 minutes in that's the first time you smiled in the documentary yeah she thought
0: i was going down a kind of the not the wrong she she felt like i wasn't playing to my strengths in in the sort of documentary. i went i went for a while i realized that me in dangerous or or semi-dangerous settings was a kind of winning formula for um for documentaries you know you're always looking i i did almost the hardest thing in, in, in the work that I do is just finding the initial idea. Like what is the space, the subject, the theme that will allow you to get 60 minutes that will have light and shade, a compelling narrative, actuality unfolding on screen. So for a while after I did one about San Quentin prison, I thought, wow, this, you know, which got 6 million viewers, which is really high for us. I thought this is a great, um, this is a great kind of seam of, of material. Because um, I, I can just find other settings that promise some kind of danger, whether it's uh, embedding with in, in high crime areas of American cities or other cities or, you know, investigating drug use in, in a kind of real world. So, so I did that for a couple of years. And then she, I think it got to the point where so it was becoming a bit it was in danger of becoming a bit one note. And she, she picked up on that.
2: That was in that was in quite a sort of a weird period as well in your relationship. I think in that yeah. point in the book you're talking about how we had two young children. Yeah.
0: I was away a lot and um, she, you know I, I think like a lot of women who have kids and have successful careers but then take time out from their careers in order to be more around mm-hmm. for the, for for the kids like she was she was uh, sort of pulled in two directions between missing work but also wanting to be present for the family and I think resented um, the fact that I had made fewer compromises, whereas I mean, I talk about all of this in in that book. That's the middle one. Got to get through this. Where my parents both worked, so I um, I was used to having a, 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 okay. an au pair who who would come and, and be there when I got home from school, and um, and my dad would go away. You know, he's a travel writer. Would go away sometimes for months at a time, and so I thought, oh well, this you know, we all sort of bring in a sort of sense of expectation of family life based on what we experienced growing up, right? Mm-hmm. So I sort of thought, well, you know, if you want to be back in the workspace, that's fine. We'll just bring in a no pair. And she's like, no, no, I don't want someone else looking after our kids. I want one of us looking after them. And I think it, it shouldn't always be me. And that became quite a big um, butting of heads point. You know, I, I it took me a while to sort of take on board actually how much she was um really going through you know with my absences and looking back on it you know if i made three films a year which i tended to and they each required uh a you know up to four weeks of filming that was really about three months that's a quarter of the year you know and, and that that with young with a young family that you're taking a lot of kind of emotional equity out of the bank
2: what happened in the, there's a point in the book that I was kind of interested in is when you said there was a sign that you completely Overlooked or it didn't quite strike you when you were in a, a fancy hotel with embroidered uh robes. Yes, and she tells you something at that point what
0: uh, she said um Oh, she said uh if you were ever thinking of having a um a relationship outside the marriage or, 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 like straying. I can't remember how she phrased it. She said, "I would be okay with that." And what? And what? And at that point, I think, and you I said was she- like, "Oh, well, that's cool. Like, I'm not gonna." Like I, I, You know I, One of the like, I'm, I'm kind of I don't know If a lot of men Are like this I tend to think More more are Like than women I know like those Kind of Gender I'm, I'm worrying
1: that this was A
2: trick question Just to see what you'd say <laughs> yeah. You know what
1: right. I mean but, Yeah um, right You
0: can You can straight
2: Right yeah, yeah it, it was actually a hidden, there, The, the, the thing that was Are you gonna uh, There was actually A hidden camera in the room And it was a BBC documentary uh, They were yeah. making on you At that Catching point Lurie. And you fucked it all up Because you just basically went Yeah fine Instead of going Hold on a minute And then they'd yeah. have burst out And gone surprise what? Yeah Yeah, yeah You took it a bit farther No,
0: it was funny It could have been It could have been Like, I don't I'm a stranger to myself In many ways Like, and I I I don't always even know What I'm feeling Half the time Right You know, sometimes It's like that You know, talking about the little man You say like You're kind of angry It's sort of like It'd be nice if the big man Like, you Your totally integrated self Realised Wow, I'm angry I need to calm down You know It would be nice if In general uh, You know, you knew What you were feeling Sometimes I catch myself just think, like I talk about this in uh, through the keyhole, like it was Christmas. I was quite hungover because uh, on Christmas Eve I'd gone to town on the oh, drink on, on the bourbon, and I <laughs> woke a up theme and I, I was like, and. and and West, no, E17 and Stay Another Day came on. I was like, this is the worst song I've ever heard in my it's life. Depressing, and it? I just oh. thought that what an evil song, what an evil band, like the group they must be to bring out. Now, obviously it was all projection. Like I, I, what I should have said is like, wow, I, I must be not just hungover, but really grumpy to, to pour so much undeserved scorn on a, on a completely innocuous song and group, right? And, um, and, and and I think in general, like a lot of my emotions I tend to experience almost by observing their effects like a scientist as opposed to experiencing them like a human. Do you right. know what I mean? No, yeah, but you, totally, you, through you
1: don't come across as the most emotional guy ever. That's no. uh, in, in your documentaries that was one of the things that sort of struck me as part of the brilliance is obviously you're not showing too much emotion and therefore people don't really know how to read you but little do they know it's because you're not really sure what to think about it or feel about it yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. as it happens yeah, it, very rarely did I see a tear come to your eye Or yeah. do you think, is that something that maybe the missus has mentioned to you about you could be more emotional or is that something that you think is a, a thing that you've struggled with or is that fine?
0: Uh okay interesting question she doesn't say you know whether or not <clears throat> I think she thinks I'm kind of an emotional um idiot like in other words like I'm not an em- Emotionally mature I think she would say I'm not an emotionally mature person which obviously She doesn't make a habit of saying it but I think if you asked her <laughs> she might say that um Which obviously if she said you know and we all say things in if we're having a row or yep. something that we we that aren't the kindest things, but mm. m- but might be based in some kind of truth. And and I think when she if she said that, obviously I've then thought, well, how that's probably true, right? And and actually, isn't that odd that um, I'm in the line of work that I am, where which hinges on a certain degree of um, um, emotional perceptiveness, right, or, or or some sort of level of psychological acuity, like one would hope. Like I, I okay, I'm gonna this is uh, this is me boasting i've never mentioned this but or not boasting but when i i was given i was i was very proud to receive an honorary fellowship in the royal college of psychiatry like i made a number of programs about mental illness like, i was so proud like to get that you know i haven't been knighted and i haven't Yet. got a nobel prize yeah um but um i am a f- honorary fellow of the royal college of psychiatry which is um which i just think like is is a, is a, is a, is you know take it for what it's worth i felt very proud to get it and and it suggests they, that they, some medical professionals in the field of mental health saw some of my programs and thought, well, that guy seems to be doing something positive. And yet, here, my wife, according to my wife, and I believe her, I'm also an emotional, um, emotionally immature person. So how those two things sit by, side by side, I don't quite I, don't know. I mean, you're a documentary
1: know. filmmaker, which part of the editing process alone is storytelling and trying to make the audience feel something, which you obviously do very well. So I'm not saying that you're an emotional, you know.
0: Well, I wonder if almost that it takes <laughs> but, a degree of coldness and detachment to to go into those worlds. And um, it was something actually, um, you know, when I did, I, I met up. Hey, you mentioned Haley, the, the, the working girl, mm-hmm. sex worker who who was at the the, um, the brothel in Nevada. And a few years afterwards, I went and looked her up um, again. It was for it was for uh, a book and. Um, And I met up with her, and she was working as a waitress in a small town in Northern California. And I talked to her about, she just wanted to hang out, like, in a social setting. And it was a slightly awkward encounter where I was there like, oh, I'm doing a follow-up. You know, I'm in my professional mode. And then she's there like, oh, I just wanted to hang out. I thought you were a cool guy. Like, are you? am I just material for you? And I'm like, um, I don't, yes, kind of. You know, like, which made me feel obviously a bit shitty mm. but she's and then what she said was like wow so you go around doing interview i was like oh i'd like to do something on pimps do you know any pimps and she's like no they're, they're, they're very you know devious and, and cruel people and the girls who go with them are weak-minded or vulnerable or have all sorts of complex psychological needs like why would you even want to do that like that's very dark and i'm like yeah I, it's kind of what i do do. my she and then she says you must be you either must be very unfeeling or extremely um or or, or have some dark part of you that you even want to go into those places mm-hmm. like i mean i only make Jesus, point, all
1: like, of a, she, she flipped it on you huh? she flipped
0: it on me and, and i and and what, whatever the case is i don't really know but i do recognize that it's not completely uh normal right to actually in because i do enjoy my work to enjoy being in um you know, the two weeks I spent at Koalinga, the, the, the mental hospital for paedophiles, were like two v- very satisfying weeks of work. Because you, you knew you, you, you were getting
1: the material. Though. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah. that feeling. I dodged that. I didn't yeah. say
0: happiest weeks of work. No, I know. But, but did you think Ari, I was going to say that? No, but I, you think, would it, have been I happy. think it would be funny. You would have been happy as it was happening. As it was going on, I felt as though it was um, just extraordinary, like revealing. Uh, just you're, you're engaged like mentally emotionally like everything about it yeah. and it wasn't particularly hard work like you, you, they, they basically said well you can be there during working hours from nine till five so come five o'clock Clock we went off. back to the hotel the hotel was next to a ranch where um, th- where they they basically you know it was a butchery as well and they had steaks it was a steakhouse <laughs> attached. <laughs> attached. the hotel was attached to a ranch steakhouse And it was like, I mean, people are going to be, you know, saying, "I'm not paying my license fee for BBC crew." It wasn't particularly expensive, but that was where we ended. Don't worry (laughs) about the price; it's okay. He's always covering his back. It's worth
2: the money, is what they say. Uh, Your uh, bit bit justifies the license fee. The point is, is that I was,
0: it was, you know, it didn't. I don't know uh, whether that was a normal reaction. Although, you know, my I think my crew found it kind of interesting and stimulate, you know, intriguing. place to work as well so i don't know that i don't know is it it make me weird
1: or not not going back to her criticism though saying oh you must be really dark if you look at the most viewed shows on netflix or amazon they're all dark and crime and rape and Mm -hmm. horrible shit because for whatever reason as people we're fascinated by the darkness in humanity aren't we so
0: yeah it's interesting to know where the line is so for example the recent um incident of child cruelty where the child was um, more or less uh, beaten and tortured to death. Do you remember this happened over the whole, you know, oh. Christmas and New Year yeah. period? they got put away. Yeah. yeah, the parents got put away. I think it was the stepmother had had done it. Was it two mothers? No, it was no. a mother and a father. Oh. And a father. It was, it was, it was a, pretty horrific. Wasn't it was yeah? absolutely well, here's the thing is I didn't really read about that because just seeing the picture of the kid um, was upsetting and, yeah. and then reading the details, which I, I imagined because I didn't read it, but I imagined would be Just something I didn't really need. Yeah, so there
1: was a Netflix documentary about a kid who was locked in a cupboard, and I got halfway through that documentary, if that. And I remember thinking, I can't do this anymore. Like it's, it. I know I'm going to like have nightmares about this. And to me, when you when you start talking about the specifics of what happens to a child, for example, you know, that is just. Too much for me to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 and and by the same token, like the whole point of the Coalinga program wasn't mm. like let's go and hang out with some paedophiles and see what they're all about. It was actually um,
2: that made you laugh. <laughs> it was just like it was know, just like, a good way it, to be fair. If you, you pitched that, I would have commissioned. Yeah. Well,
0: because uh, you know, with it, it was like um, it was actually let's find out about this place that purports to be able to reform paedophiles mm-hmm. and get to know those paedophiles and sex offenders. Who are making the most compelling case for the fact that they may have been uh, rehabilitated. So the, the, although there are a couple of characters in it, Mr. Yarn and Mr. Kitchens we've mentioned, who don't embrace, embrace treatment, they're single encounters. But the people we go on a journey with, the, the, the three main characters, are people who are deep into the therapy mm-hmm. and are making a plausible, on the face of it, accounting of themselves as having taken on board what they've done that's wrong. So... So whether or not they, they have, you know, whether it's authentic or not is debatable. But actually, the premise of the program is: is there any road back for for an ingrained paedophile? At what point is someone? What is unforgivable? Where is the line? You know. It, so yeah, I think that it's like it's not, and I think that's what I probably would have said to Haley. Is like, no, i I don't want to go make a film and just see um, pimps being obnoxious. I don't think, but I am interested in. Um, the 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 grey areas of relationships, the line between kind of the normal, the, the normal strains, the the normal anguish, which is which resides in all sorts of intimate relationships, and the line where it becomes uh, something bordering on abusive, right? Yeah, and and that's or toxic. Of, which is, and it's not clear. I think you've done a when, great
1: job of that, though, like that's, that's, in, in showing that some of the humanity in some of these people who've done these horrific things
0: we did another one thank you for that we did another one like a few years later we were doing three programs about la called la stories and we had two one was about um people at the edge of life in hospital embracing last chance treatments you know people with cancer brain injuries and in non-responsive states and to see how at what point do you say do you know what i've done enough i need to let go you right or rather than torture myself with false hope and expensive treatments the second one was about dogs in high crime areas and then we had a third one about comedians that didn't work out and it was like well what do we do now this one it you know this doesn't have enough emotional angst so we almost as a lot you know sometimes when your back's against the wall you go for something that feels like, well, we know we can do this because we've been there before. And we did one about sex offenders in a small in a small housing, um, in a little sort of hostel in, in an industrial area of LA where they all live together because of various laws about where they can live. They're, they're out on probation or parole, so they're in some sense free. I remember but, this one, yeah. Yeah, but they're also monitored. Some of them are on the edge of homelessness. They have to check in. There's various mm-hmm. rules about what they can and can't do. And it was another one where... Um, uh, you know, how, what's our justification? But because of the nature of the monitoring, it becomes, it's really an examination of, again, how do, pe- how do we reintegrate? Do we reintegrate people who've done dreadful things at the point when they're released? But among the contributors were one or two who we filmed. And afterwards, it's like, we can't put this person in. It's just too dreadful. Like, it doesn't feel, you just watch it and you just don't feel good about even seeing it do you Mm. know does that make sense yeah so so i I mean it's a kind of long-winded response to what you originally said which was like yeah we all enjoy uh, true crime many of us at least and 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 dark themes but i do also i think it's easy to overlook the fact that there needs to be i think for me anyway some redemptive quality some quality of how is this enriching my understanding of who i am who we are as people where is the hope, you know, and where where is the intriguing ambiguity? One great series, I think, that I I remember
1: feeling everything that you're just describing. So you're very in touch with your audience and what you're trying to explain for sure, because the Westboro Baptist Mm -hmm. Church uh, series was one where I was constantly thinking, is there any hope for these Mm -hmm. people? Like, where is the... the And there was one girl who... I felt like you were hoping there was some good in her Mm -hmm. as a younger person Mm -hmm. and and you asked her like have you ever had feelings Mm -hmm. about a man or whatever and she sort of laughed and you could say like you're in denial here like you're clearly you know not what you're pretending to be and it's like the blue pill or the red pill like is she gonna continue with this is she not and then you come back years later and you see now she's fully gone with it and there is no saving her soul and if anything now just like I think it might have been a mother and elder when she's saying horrible things about gay people or whoever you can eat your babies yeah she's uh nice.
0: yeah nice. she's uh she's Jimmy's laughing
1: level. now so she's gone from feeling uncomfortable to embracing it and like it's like some star wars kind of let the hate flow through you like and she
2: looks different
0: yeah doesn't she? yeah and uh, uh, yeah that that sort of was a great story jail phelps and in fact uh it kind of, uh, yeah, my gifts of prognostication are obviously not what I would wish for in the sense that I thought she had, as you say, some part of her that was up for grabs, right? Mm. In, in the sense of um, salvageable, like mm. that she would maybe see her way out of it. And you're, I said something like, have you ever had moments where you strayed or wanted to stray? <laughs> her off?
1: face went bright red. And mm. she
0: went, and she it was, it was half a laugh and she half a kind of high, a sigh of despair. Like it was this really odd moment of affect where she sort of... Um, <laughs> So silly so She says. so silly So silly I'm not gonna talk about that I'm not gonna think about that And, and you see like Oh right It
2: is present for her And mm-hmm. it's still real for her mm-hmm. And um and the wa- In the balance
1: with her there yeah. There's an
2: element of cognitive dissonance in it Where she's kind of actively denying What seems to be even true to her oh, And yeah. you're kind of You're awkwardly bringing up the truth in that sense Well I wonder I almost think it's What it is is that she's um She's definitely,
0: I don't think it's denial in the classic sense because I mm. think she actually knows exactly what she's feeling. And I think um, she's saying, like, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to think on it. I don't even want to, she's, like, uh, she's like, yes, there's a little box in here and, and exactly what you're describing is in it. And of course, I'm not going to let you look at it. I don't even want to look at it. Do you know what I mean? And um, And the funny thing about her was, uh, uh yeah she was the one of the, of the ones i thought she, who she was the one i thought might be up for grabs she stayed but virtually all the others the the women the young women that i spoke to left uh and made new lives for themselves and when i went back for the third one jael felt this, this one that stayed and became more and more hardline, she seemed to become more embittered she married mm-hmm. a guy from do you remember from where from from the north of england
2: uh, man, yeah, And no, he was moved over Manchester, there and was, was it, it, it was close Burnley to Manchester though. Yeah, it was Blackburn. somewhere like that Yeah, yeah, yeah it Might have been yeah. Blackburn Oh, yeah, I remember that And he he felt like a I mean He was an odd he, one You know in America You're sort of like Oh, it's kind of a culture there When they do it from England It's even weirder to yeah. me So it felt that it, And it's kind of strange Because you She didn't all, seem happy either Exactly, yeah it Didn't mean, seem happy I, in America I, I
1: think that that sort of Comes with the territory of someone who adopts that as, as misery inside. Yeah. I felt that, but I also felt the that, element. What about the other documentary maker who had joined? He was Drain. crazy. Yeah. Steve to Drain. be fair, he, so he was. Nuts.
2: He, if you think about him focusing on a subject matter, though, he was very good at unpacking it. You know, he really did a good he job. Was a very,
0: he was a very smart guy.
2: Yeah. And that, I think that was part of what made it also uncomfortable was a lot of those people were living the lie and you had gone in there and were very much presenting them with it. And yeah. it was even worse when the Englishman was there because in many ways his personality was, I'm English and I sort of endorse this because I'm, you know, it could just be you crazy Americans, but I'm English and I'm yeah. over here. And then you were stepping in the room and be like, shit, another Englishman's here and he sees this is crazy. Yeah. That felt quite that's one of those moments where when you were talking about um, you know being cruel or undermining people that's where I sometimes wondered how you felt whether you were putting someone in such an awkward situation and it led them to such a horrible realisation that you felt uncomfortable doing that because I had that feeling when I watched the one about polyamory is it Mm -hmm. where you take that's a good example the partner outside and chat in the garden (laughs) and and you basically and that's basically your approach is you're not you're not happy here, are you? is basically what you were saying. Yeah. But it was so difficult for them to unpack that with you and you could see the cognitive dissonance working in their minds. Well, there was a moment in that one where um are they pregnant or something at that point? Oh uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: I mean, oddly enough, I think he was going through something. I think that he was fine. Like I I don't I think it was a, a um he was having an emotional low. I, I, when I see that, I'm not troubled by that material. I think um he, he was sort of robust enough to handle it and i think it yeah. partly because they were young and th- there was a lot going on and there was a lot to be happy about in their lives the, the guys who at the end but there was also a, a family who there, were, there was a woman who was married to a guy slightly heavy set out of shape schlubby guy who um they 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 clearly they were somewhat physically estranged right they were still making the best show of being together and making it work but she was going and she would go off and see this other guy with his with consent from from her husband yeah. and basically had, they had a kind of weekly or twice weekly arrangement where they would go and bark and have fun and giggle and be like teenagers and then meanwhile man number one is at home and he didn't have like he had no polyamorous uh person that he was, was having this sex the older with. guy yeah, yeah. Oh, and you he feel, was really
2: likeable and you feel really sorry for him because clearly he's sort of he's kind of stuck in a difficult situation yeah. and it's kind of it's okay if behind closed doors you can be humiliated but suddenly he's kind of on TV and you're sort of going well here's the thing because I have to be some I, I have to step
0: back because I recognize that you know all interpretations are in their way valid like i what what when i i what i saw was this guy's getting left out right and <laughs> i more or less <laughs>
2: you deserve some pussy too right? and i sort of put it, yeah.
0: I, did, I i more or less put
2: that to them sure A,
0: and and um and then they are very politely and nicely saying no 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 that isn't what it is like i, I you know the man saying i'm fine and the woman saying like He's fine and, you know, he has permission to do what he wants and, and he hasn't found, I'd love him to find that person. And then he said, and I say something like, um, well, is it an option for him to come in on a three-way, you know, with you and the other fella, right? Uh, or or some, I can't remember how it even, I think even he introduces it. Mm. And he's like, if they ever wanted me to maybe kind of stand and, and watch. Oh God, I remember the I, way I, he said it as and well. And I'm like, it was I, so I guess I'd be okay with um, that. And then her face of like, she's, like, she's sort of thinking like, Biggest boner killer ever, uh, right? To have my husband watching. And she's like, I don't know that I
2: would feel that would be. Oh, God. Be
0: and then you the see ride. his little heart break in then,
2: slow
1: motion, like Ralph yeah. Wiggum. Yeah, exactly. Like, right, yeah, That exact moment. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, what? I can't even. You, yeah, mate, like, I can't even watch my surely, wife have sex with someone else. Your wife shagging someone else. The <laughs> yeah. one upside is at least you get a watcher. Yeah, right. Okay. Fucking yeah. hell. Man. Just in case. What a guy.
2: He, he, he should have been able to test drive being a cuckold, even if that was just sort of his. He didn't even, just give he, it a try. He didn't even get
1: the cuckold level.
2: No. He's belie- what is that? He's just sat even... on the couch. What's
0: that called? Imagining
2: it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the best he's got is imagining his estranged wife having sex at that point. Yeah, and well, you just gone in there. I feel I have to
0: stick up for cuckolds in the sense that, like, that's a good thriving being. subculture, Absolutely, isn't it? There's yeah. a lot of um, self-respecting men who enjoy watching another man come in and, you know, boss really? whoever but they're he with. Didn't yeah, f- yeah, he didn't even get term. that. he didn't even get that. You know what I mean? Um, he didn't get that He And the thing was also He first said like Maybe we could have a three way And she's like I don't know And then he's like Oh I could just stand And
2: watch And she's yeah. like um, I could be not? outside the door. Yeah, he's like, well, maybe you could write me a letter about it. Yeah, literally. Oh, God. There, you know what is interesting about that? And that was something that was... He that, didn't, say, is, that really he was didn't say that. He didn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a good joke. But the, the interesting aspect of that is, and I think what you... Um, down the series, when it start, when your first series starts out, a lot of it seems a bit more on the nose, should we say. Yeah. And as you go on, I think you... Uh, not that you need your own documentaries evaluating to you, but what I find interesting is along the way, you begin to trust that the audience will see it a bit more than you need to give it or you need to show it. that's possibly true.
0: I mean, I think, look, that's a sensitive psychological situation that they're in. Can I say, and also, just to stick up for him for one moment. We're not mocking him in a bad way. I think I quite like him. Here's the thing. So here's the thing. What he faces is a dilemma. Like, there's an aspect of the relationship. Something's happening in the relationship that means... Or in their makeup, right? That means that she wants to go and have sex with another guy. What she was having with that other guy was real. Like, it was a for for them, wonderful. Like, he loved shaking her, she loved shaking him. Good for them. If, in a non-polyamorous scenario, I think there's a real um, realistic uh, 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 possibility that she would have just left him. Mm -hmm. She would have thought, I'm not getting everything I need in this relationship. That's what she should have done. And then he is then, like, a lot of, like, guys... Uh, in their fifties, who 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 aren't maybe taking good physical care of themselves, who aren't maybe like sort of super effervescent personalities, yeah. he would be living like the the kid no longer has two parents under the same roof, and he's living probably on his own or or, or you know like I, his alternative is not brilliant. Does that make sense? Yes. A, I, I would have worried so he, for him. So if, he, so, so if you game out, what, I don't know if you're suggesting this or not, what it looks like for him, if he says, like, I'm not putting up with this, you either end it or it's over. And she's like, fine, I'm ending it. And then he's is that d- not the reason why
1: she's straying though because he's not that guy with bowls who would say that he is flat He's boring he's white rice as they would say. But, in but the some of that. people
2: like white no, rice. No, but
1: that's the thing. Right? White she rice didn't. Goes
0: great with what a green curry. A green like, curry. no green curry. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's just white rice and sat on the couch. <laughs> right. I get And, that. and, and, well, and well, I feel sorry for him because that. we like you ever seen um, me myself and Irene where like she yes. runs off with the limo
0: guy. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like men like that That's the one. Jim Carrey film. Yeah. I'd yeah. forgotten about uh, the limo. That's a great just, film. Yeah. I just remember there's a transition where they go from someone pooping to a close-up shot of some chocolate ice, ice cream coming in. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: That was so, a very comedy but, of but that the day. But the point is,
1: is like, people can mm. snap one day. And... And kill them all Well yeah and, and that's the worry is one day she's shagging this other guy and a shotgun just comes through the door and
2: bang right. but that's also because he's been put in such a horrible situation yeah. and his situation and that loneliness very much reminded me of the early time when you went to I think it was Thailand mm-hmm. and it was it was so there was such a great Uh, What you have Is a good timeline Of I feel like You should hook Certain people up So that guy Needs to break up With the wife Who's cuckolding him And then you need To take him To your old subject In Thailand And go This man's Going to sort you out Sort of thing And And he can look Through the A tape And the B tape And you know Work out what works For him Because that was another aspect of love That was quite interesting That kind of forced love Mm. They were both in different kinds of forced love Remind me about what this was So this is one of my favourite ones And I think I say this the most Where the guy is clearly a very angry Englishman Who's gone to Thailand to find a wife Lake Palmer Lake Palmer was his name, yeah I don't know if he was... Angry, but were, he, he was—he had—he definitely had psychological needs based <laughs> on
0: having been an army veteran. He'd taken part right. in, a, in a military action in Aden in, yeah. in
2: whenever that was, when sixties mm-hmm. was it? Seventies. Yeah. and um, that left him quite—and it left him scarred. And he had anger issues. It's fair to say because I think he even says it to you. He's like, he "I need, I think he says in the document I watched it this week. It is brilliant. he, he sort of goes, "Yeah," uh, and you say, "Physical sort of thing." And You go, "No, no, just someone who has to be able to deal with my verbal abuse." So he sort oh, of... Da- he said that. So he sort of downgrades. He goes, oh, I don't hit them. I just verbally abuse them. Right. And there's a very awkward thing because you're in your more playful mode. Mm. And then at the end, he's found his wife.
0: He's got he- married. And I think... there's a part of me that was like, A, did he get married to this Thai woman because he wanted to, He knew that would make him definitely be in the documentary and it would make <laughs> a great scene for the documentary. You know, that whole idea of like, have we distorted reality by bringing in cameras? Right. And B... Having therefore been played a role in putting them together, um, are we now responsible?
2: Or partly responsible if Lake chops his wife into little bits and hides her in the fridge. But that was quite funny as well, because the documentary pretty much ends with him okay. saying to her, she can barely understand what he's saying. Yeah, and her he name was would, Jad. Jad, yeah. And Jad clearly didn't want to hold hands on the first date, clearly didn't want to do all these things. That he, was a
0: different date, I think.
2: Yes. yes, yeah. I don't think that was Jad, I think that was a different woman, I might be wrong. Maybe, but the point is, at the end he goes, we are no longer two people, we are one. We are one. And you, and in that moment, you want, you want to hear oh my god i love you that's fantastic but she just goes i understand right and that for me was like one of them it's the perfect end to the documentary because it shows so brilliantly right that that she didn't understand if that makes sense
0: look i you know part of my job is to wrap my arms around things that may be counterintuitive or confusing or emotionally complicated right and and um sometimes you know that's why my vo i struggle to write like commentary and vo because i i can't land is you know i try not to be judgmental i can't always dictate like with polyamory specifically like i would say that that I can't, it's killing me that i can't remember his name but th- th- what should happen there god knows like the neither of those alternatives is obviously perfect um and in general like polyamory i'm Sympathetic towards as an alternative, you know, as we live longer. Like when people got married, I'm sure you know, like people got married, like the the sacrament of marriage was instituted as a, as a thing, like at a time when people were lucky to live to 50 or 60, right? So mm-hmm. you would marry and be married for 30 years. Now, if you live to 80 or 90, you're married for 60 or 70 years. Not worth it. Good point. And, 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 and actually, you've got to Creativity. find ways of, like there's, other, there's myriad ways of arranging social affairs that are, um, that are just as valid as the ones we use. The other thing is that term cuckold, like I don't even, it's not one I hear very often, except in a political setting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, you know, that term cucked, I don't know, is it okay to say cuckold or is that loaded now? What, what, what's it loaded with? Say well, anything you want. Well, no, I just no, I mention it because it's the idea of, I don't... Uh, well, I is just, it a derogatory Yeah, thing? I just wonder if, sense. like, is there a danger... Everything's like, to, offensive, to, Louis. Yeah, but in the, in a the sense, like, maybe I've already made this point, like, the idea, I, I you know, I, I have to be careful not to become so open-minded my brains fall out, right? But the idea that, oh, you're less of a man because... um. Your wife is fucking some other guy. I think right. that's the point are saying. It? It's quite that's post-minded. what turns them it, on. Because cuckolding generally is a. T- I don't know if it, it might have been readopted by the polyamory community. Mm. I don't know. but Or is it a way of saying. Because there is no equivalent for women, right? Surely it's just that. Uh, only men are cuckolded.
2: Right. Uh, it's because like, it's seen as a taking away. a a
0: man's power is taken away notionally by a woman having sex But a woman whose man is having an affair. There is no word for that because Maybe no no be. shame yeah. technically attaches to a, a, a woman. She's just married to a guy who, who, who shags. I, I've, I've heard a I've heard
1: of a woman enjoying that before. That's a loaded story. <laughs> oh, enjoying what? Enjoying. Uh, it's a coqueen. Uh, well, go. that's
0: new. But that's yeah. a, that's a new that's a neologism, isn't it? Uh, like, I guess so. Where yeah.
1: where the guy fucks you know a Tom girl co- in front of his girlfriend and basically goes. This is better than you, and that sort of thing.
2: Right, that's know? become sort of a genre, I guess, yeah. in porn as well. Is like Everything's a genre in porn. Yeah. yeah. I think. I do wonder you know if there's
1: a Louis Theroux porn. There,
2: no, there definitely is. I mean, because uh,
1: you've got you, like a, a, a cult thing with women. Like, there's women out there who are mad for you. W- what about that? Because you surely know about this. The world's smallest
0: subculture. Yeah. No, it, well, it, it, believe it, me, it isn't. No, it, it, if you had a convention of them, you'd have to book uh, a whole Pizza a Express. Whole? <laughs>
2: Wow Yeah <laughs> Good show Prince Andrew reference
0: I thought Not yeah Not the ups, not even the upstairs of a pub No no You,
1: you have Big this pub. thing the, the, This is the thing about you Where And um, you're, You know You're a handsome guy You, you have a, 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 a Tall doc You know Thing going on You've got a good demeanour Very respectful uh, Very approachable And a lot of women just have a crush on you. It's yeah. nice to hear that. How do you handle that? I don't that? hear
0: that very often, because of my time of life.
1: Well, when you got famous, surely there was a bit of a flood? Uh, an avalanche, uh, maybe?
0: You know, uh, I would say there was a small trickle. I was... Um, <laughs> are you are not, we still talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm kind of constitutionally... Um, Bound. M- monogamous. Like, I, I don't do well. I don't find intimacy that easy. Like, the whole... Yeah, we've seen that. Like, the whole idea of um, one-night stands, I always found quite weird. Like, not weird as in, I don't get it, but as in, I don't know how you do that. Have you ever tried? I've tried. Not that hard, but I have tried, yeah. Well, I, well, I, I'm not sure what you mean by not that hard, uh, Louis. Well, I, I've tried it in my... In my so, sort of time... I haven't had like I've had long relationships, okay. and then small sort of inter, flings, yeah, intermissions of of bachelorhood, and you know, you know, I've tried putting the moves. That sounds a bit weird. No. I've tried to basically, um, yeah, play the field a bit. And um,
1: what was I, the stopping point in your? Because it seems like there was something that you couldn't quite get to grips with there, mentally. Uh, Don't mean physically. I'm sure everything uh, was fine. I mean,
0: I don't cases. even know how to break it down. Like those times when I've tried, you know, those occasions when I've thought um Are
1: you on a date with a girl? We? I'm trying to imagine the scenario here of what is why, why you said you tried I'm trying to
0: think like, um, like either, either I think a lot of it happened um, In my early or mid-twenties at a point when either I wasn't famous or I was living in America where I couldn't. My fame didn't mean anything. Surely,
1: being an English guy in America, though, that's, very a, lovely, that's a winner.
0: In New York, it didn't seem to work for me. I mean, I'm not I'm not not making sound like I made repeated attempts. Like it just. I think at some level, I thought. You know, I used to smoke a lot of weed mm. at that time. That's good. And I'd it? be out like um at a party or a club, and I'd be like, "Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. Nice one. Have a few drinks." And then towards the end of the evening, baked. I'd think, you know, I could try to see if i can act, you know want to go out can i get you one of it was i didn't really want to play the long game like hey should we go out on a date i just think hey do you want to come back maybe kick back and yeah. smoke some ganja and, and if that didn't go then i'd be like you know I, i'm quite i'd like to go back and just just blaze a jay and just um have another like have another glass of wine, smoke a spliff and watch some TV or, or You don't want the hassle of the awkwardness. Yeah, I yeah. just thought you know what, I'm a what little a bit tired. I I feel like I know that I can go home and ha- have a, a spliff and, and read the New York Review of Books and, and, and put some music on and get high and to listen to some music and that would seem much more appealing Probably that kind of not shows that. where you're at yeah, does that mean it just, does that, that, am I making no anything? I
1: get what you mean though because a new person sense. there's always that sort of nervous energy of is this what you want what do you like like you have to break all of those things and with someone like yourself who just kind of wants that comfortable feeling of a night aim as you're describing yeah that's sort of a bit much in it.
0: There's a new energy you don't quite know, and I think where's it going to lead? Where is yeah. it?
1: Go? Pressure,
2: yeah, awkwardness. Yeah. But everything else in your career has been partly about you. Sort of, you know, not that your love life is your career, but in the rest of your life, you do see sometimes leave things down to serendipity, and you are quite willing to go with serendipity. So that's quite interesting to see. You're not willing to do that in your love life. Certainly.
0: Well, I wonder if um, I wonder if one of the reasons that I do the work that I do is because I. Um, <laughs> It, it gives me the license or even the incentive to to go, get out of my comfort zone in a in a it, it, you know to explore aspects of life that if in my normal life I would just be too passive
1: and that's what's the brilliance right. of when I watch you is this is clearly a man who look if you put me in that massage uh Position with that girl. I'm confident. I'm happy. I'm laughing. Probably grabbing something. The camera leaves the
2: room. uh, We're gonna go exactly.
1: Um, I'm gonna adapt to it in a different way. But because that is clearly (laughs) not what you want to do, Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of it. Is is so funny and entertaining, and, and also endearing.
0: Well, that's nice of you to say. Like, I think a lot, a lot of my life is governed by anxiety, and and, 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 and I think with with and, and with that goes a certain work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like I assuage feelings of anxiety by trying to work hard and be praised and feel good about um, doing work and feeling as though, you know, it's like delivering on a deadline or handing in your homework. You get that feeling like...
2: Oh, I've done what relief. I'm supposed That's to do. Quite puritanical, almost.
0: Yeah, I'm probably. I I would plead guilty to being somewhat puritanical, and 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 then, so in a setting where um, anxiety like there's no work ethic that impels you to try and go out and meet someone and take them home right that 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 all i hear, what i am mainly getting from that is a feeling of anxiety yeah and and and, the, and where's the payoff and, and 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 a sort of sense of yeah a payoff of, of possibly further anxiety yeah. and and <laughs> is that and, why the ganja came in handy <laughs> right uh, it was sort of why i stopped smoking ganja if anything really? yeah um. i would i mean i would i would um i i in those days i would basically have a few glasses of wine and then that would take the edge off the anxiety and then have a spliff and then i'd just be sort of almost i mean what you just on this sort of cloud you're of floating yeah you're floating yeah. i remember sometimes lying in bed and feeling like the ready brek kid do you know what i mean where you you're kind of glowing right yeah. and you like and, and it feels Oh, this is nice.
1: So how did you stop then, if it, f- it feels so good? Well,
0: when I met my w- wife, oh, um, yeah, she really. wasn't as big a fan of, of Gange. <laughs> of Not as big a fan. the right word, like, yeah, yeah
1: of, of smoking. Well, there's a compromise mm. you did, make.
0: Yeah, and, and, and actually, it doesn't mm. really work if one of you is doing it, Yeah, and the other isn't.
1: Yeah, you're just wasted getting the munchies on the couch, and she's like, "Well, we've got washing up to do." Yeah, Yeah. come on
2: now. Pretty much put the kids to bed. I mean,
0: I would like to see it legalized. I would like to. It was one of those things like, as I drink less, I have ramped down post pandemic, if we are post pandemic, Uh, and um, if I don't keep bullet bourbon in the house, I find things go a lot more smoothly. Right, Mm. like I just have a couple of glasses of wine or whatever. But but now that I would love it if they legalized it. In California, where I've lived, it's legal. It's so civilized. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you just, um, you know, you vape it or you do whatever and it feels as though it's just the way things should be, right? There isn't this desperate kind of, like on nights out, people don't get annihilated at the pub, right? There Mm -hmm. isn't that feeling of... um, Must get blotto People don't get violent on
1: weed The the health ramifications are nowhere near as bad As alcohol or tobacco It will
0: happen, Uh, it's just happening so slowly We're
1: waiting forever in this country And guess what, we've just spent so much money on a track and trace system That doesn't even fucking work And you've got Something there That we could have manufactured That would inject So much money Into the economy immediately And yet We're not pressing that button Purely because Alcohol companies Decades ago Waged a war against it To try and preserve Their own You know Businesses Coming uh, in the Invest in it
0: Presumably they're still Lobbying against it Are no, they
1: Medicine companies Will be as well Sleeping tablet companies All of them And I get it But it's frustrating because Are they also
2: prepping to get to it for when it does happen. They know. need to get the infrastructure I in I place. Sort of it, what are they waiting for? Bloody hell, we need money. I suppose the problem is they're all sitting around smoking weed, so no one's getting anything done. Yeah, they're doing lines that's in Parliament, mate. Right, that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's the, the, the other
1: stuff that they like.
2: That's It's quite interesting to hear you say that, though, because obviously you're a sort of a BBC lifer, um, if you like. You're one of those people who's worked with the BBC for majority of your career. But
1: you're very un-BBC at the same time. Well,
2: I'm, I, my relationship
0: with the BBC has changed. First of all, I didn't come into the BBC as a BBC animal, I, I was hired by Michael Moore as a writer and presenter on TV nation, which was, a, it, although it was on BBC two, like it was a New York based independent production made by his production company. Of course you were
2: the intern in the office that did all the photocopies. Well, he
0: said that. Yeah. <laughs> he got, he misremembered it. I'm very grateful. Shout out to Michael Moore for kind of giving me like without him, nothing that ever that subsequently happened for my career would have happened. And, and uh, so I have to, I have to thank him for that. And, and then I, I was always semi-detached from the BBC in that sense, and and, and I think came, and then even once I came back to the UK, first series of Weird Weekends was made in New York. Then we were outside, even though we were a, a BBC production, we were based outside the BBC for the most part. And now one of the things that happened two years ago was, from being in-house BBC studios production, we start producing. Now we produce programs with our own company, Mindhouse. Mm. So which is you and your wife? Which is me and my wife, mm. and we also make programs that aren't for the BBC. But I do think the BBC was extraordinary. I mean, I think I am BBC in the sense that um, I think the BBC has this uh, – bec- I think because of its position in our culture, it's got the kind of the, – the, the, the almost the confidence to uh, just give latitude to people that someone in the BBC believes in. And they go like – you know, famously Monty Python, right? The famous story is like they went into some commissioner and said – oh, uh, we're a couple of funny guys, that, you know, a few funny, and they were like, okay, well, we're only commissioning one series, you know, it's like based on almost nothing. And then, uh, you know, and that's, who else would have commissioned, like, how, how would you even have pitched Monty Python? And w- for us, for me, like th- for years and years, when I was in-house, I just had a rolling commission. They're like, they, I work contract to contract, they say, make, okay, make 10 more. And that was what it was, like make 10 more documentaries. And then whatever, more or less whatever I fancied, doing it's extraordinary in a way like we've talked a lot about a place for pedophiles i find it hard to imagine any other broadcasting outfit in the world that would have said hey let's send this guy to spend
2: two weeks at a maximum security of uh hospital for for pedophiles very similar to working at the bbc at one point (laughs) it's a joke sorry and just ch- and just
0: see what see what happens, right? Or let's go to San Quentin. Or in two thousand and three, I said, like, I want to go and spend time with neo Nazis for six months.
2: Yeah. Very similar. to No, there
0: was no pay. No, but
1: that's... um, Sorry. (laughs) No, but it's strange for me because in the dealings that people I know have had... I think the the BBC BBC, gets a
0: bad rap on Savile and the paedophile.
2: I I agree, and sorry about that. No, we'll 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 talk about it at some point
1: anyway, but it's the fact that the BBC are so um, safety first, generally, in so many different things. I know you work with them a little bit, uh, and just what I've heard. And then, yet, with you, they had so much trust. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how you... Felt about that and how you managed to get that trust, really. Compared well, the to first else. thing
0: I'm thinking about is the one of the odd things was when I delivered the program. Um, I thought, God, no, this is nothing like this has ever been on TV. You know, uh, it, it's this extraordinary. Like, there's 700 of the most dangerous sex offenders anywhere in California, all housed in one building, and they're playing squash and playing in jazz combos, right? And, and doing finger painting to talk about their feelings. It was just whatever, you know, the moral dimensions of what you think about that, that's just an extraordinary thing to get access to. No other TV crew had ever been there. And um, and I remember what came back from the channel at that time was a feeling of like, yeah, Louis getting a bit dark. Like, <laughs> you know, what about another program about something that was more like when louis met the hamiltons you know and and and, you know they've done so much for me the bbc's i hate to sort of like do anything that implies criticism but but i do remember thinking like well that's quite odd like i thought they'd be going like oh my god that was amazing but you know i realized my sensibility isn't for everyone and and that's part of i suppose what makes it special in terms of the um the trust. I think I get a lot of latitude just, just from a track record of of delivering ratings and good reviews,
2: right? And, and, and yeah, and, and to go with that, you've probably also got a team of people behind the camera who obviously aren't you, and they are, yeah. you know, they are your counterbalance, if you like. And I think a lot of, you do sort of reference that in your book where you say. You know, uh, like for instance When there was an inquiry at the BBC You get hauled in front of the inquiry But your director, your exec producer And the the other people who are involved in it do That's right And they could have just as valuable or information as you do If yeah. not more valuable I found
0: that really odd actually
2: Yeah, was that because you're the face of the operation? That was thing, the
0: Savile Inquiry The Dame Janet Smith Savile Inquiry Okay, okay So I was just going to nip the toilet Can I okay. nip the no, toilet? to nip to Are you okay Should
2: for time? I, How much longer I, you got? To keep what, you? Another 15? Cool Perfect. Yeah. Right Let him piss really quick um, Yeah, I found that and, and I know, obviously, you're quite reticent in a way to talk about Savile because you've been clipped up so much. And I know, you know, I, I mean,
0: I don't. I if I'm asked about him, I always, um, you know, I'm always up for answering questions.
2: Yeah, I just didn't want to put you in a difficult position because I, I also get it's it's kind of it's kind of something that people know you for, but not in a um, a lot of people haven't really properly read into it. And I and even well, I,
0: I think here's what happens: is that um, uh, it's such a sort of clickbait topic. And I think anyone who speaks up ends up almost it's almost like you're tacitly saying, "Okay, I'll be the face of this subject. I'll be the point person for this subject. But there's myriad people who had closer involvement with him. Right. Who had, um, you know, and I think the one of the reasons the BBC I mean clearly the BBC m- didn't make him famous because he was f- famous from pirate radio but elevated him to stratospheric levels of fame and to a different level yeah I think uh, most of his offences uh if you if you read the documents took place in hospitals like there were offences in the dressing rooms of top of the pops and elsewhere on BBC premises but um by far the the largest number of offences took place is at Leeds General Infirmary
2: in Stoke-Manville. and Stoke Mandeville yeah. and
0: yet somehow the BBC gets more of a
2: rap than the NHS, when actually you could plausibly make a case that it was an NHS failure. Maybe don't point that out, because the Daily Mail's waiting for both of them to kind of yeah. trip up in that sense. That's a bit worrying.
1: Well, I mean, it's. I, I want the honest truth of what you... You know how you said that you felt like the BBC got a bad rap? Is yeah. that is that sort of what you're saying here? Is,
0: I think they've been, I think it's become... There
1: was a miss uh, on I, a lot of no, people. There's
0: no question there were huge failings. And, the, you know, and I, 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 anyone who's really interested in this... I recommend that they read um, the Janet Smith Inquiry these uh, findings, which is quite a long document, but you at least have a flick through. They're all downloadable mm. on the internet. And also, if you're feeling sort of um, masochistic, like, uh, or just genuinely kind of curious in a macabre way about what happened, the, the Leeds General Infirmary Inquiry and the, um, the, the Broadmoor Inquiry and, and the Stoke Mandeville Inquiry. Every hospital, every school uh, had to launch a, a, an inquiry and publish its findings online, and these are all freely available. Mm. And, um, and what you so, – so clearly the, the, the failings were vast across the board. He, um, he was given free reign of hospitals, more or less wandering the corridors in a, in a white coat, Jesus. sort of passing himself off as a as a doctor um uh at the bbc they obviously weren't observing you know what was supposed to be the protocols which was that no one under i think 16 was allowed backstage and um and and so on their watch they carry you know, that happened on their watch and so th- those in charge carry the can for that but and yeah. that's that, as and it, it was
1: it, it was it was some of the footage as well where you see him Groping kids in front of the camera as well or inappropriately sort of we'd hold them and it's disgusting but uh, I was wondering why you initially Asked the question to him. Are you a pedophile? Like what what information did you have? Like I know there was rumors, but what what made you think you know what because I've heard this That's why I'm gonna ask him
0: Okay, so the first thing to say is that the reason I think just to take one example on the bad rap question like it's sometimes insinuated that oh, when Louis made his program about Jimmy Savile, he he must have been told like he's a national treasure and we don't want it getting awkward. Like just bear in mind, don't go too near the questions about uh-huh. um, whether he's a paedophile or anything. Nothing like that ever happened. In fact, if anything, the reverse. He was a he was a risible figure at that point. Uh-huh. He you know alternative comedy had come and gone. He, Jim Will Fix It had been off the air. Uh, you know, you know, and, I, and I mentioned that in the sense that you know, there was, there was a new landscape of television making in which people like Jimmy Savile were seen as superannuated and irrelevant mm. and, and hopeless. He was known to be a supporter of Margaret Thatcher. Anyone in media tended to view him as a total dinosaur, right? He wasn't... And a weirdo. And, public, and a weirdo. And, yeah. and, and, and he'd been on and Jim Tory. Will Fix It, and he hadn't... Um, he, had, he he hadn't been on Radio One for many years, and and so he was he was retired, irrelevant, desperately trying to get headlines by doing random stunts, um, on uh, and, and sort of generating some I, sort of publicity. I for I thought himself. that's
1: why he loved being around you because so was giving him any yeah, attention so when we, at all.
0: So 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 uh, I I and the re, so the the genesis of the project was I was sitting around with a bunch of people of similar age talking about jim will fix it and it was like everyone at the table was like oh yeah i wrote in i wrote in i i said i'd written in um and i sort of realized what a kind of level of cultural cachet or at least sort of just how many people had memories of him And, and, and it was like yeah he's quite odd wasn't he and i went back and talked to my series producer david mortimer and said you know, what about, like, because we'd been thinking about a single profile. We talked about doing Lemmy, oddly enough, and Bernard Manning. It was like, who, is there a single person who you could spend a lot of time with and they'd, they'd be so intriguing and odd that you could sort of go on a journey trying to figure them out? And we like, what about Jimmy Savile for this thing we've been talking about? And he's like, yeah, 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 he's really weird. He's got, do you know, he's got a cell at Stoke Mandeville where he spends time and, uh, or maybe he said at Broadmoor, that's right. He said he's got a cell at Broadmoor and he keeps his, his mother's, um, clothes in a closet and he gets them dry cleaned once a year as the a sort of remembrance of her calls of the duchess and and i was like oh yeah and of course there's all the rumors about him being a pedophile or even a necrophile and he's like yeah 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 and like and just so just to reflect the fact that for me that was just general knowledge like that was just that wasn't like media gossip mm. that was something i'd heard when i'd been sort of 14 or 15 years old and i never remember anyone ever saying um Oh uh, wait wait, Jimmy Savile's supposed to be a paedophile? Like I've never heard that. Right. You know when I um when I uh, when I went to make the program, it wasn't my aim to like unmask him. I didn't believe him to be a paedophile. I thought that um it was just hearsay. I thought it was just something that gets passed around. Like you know like people talk about r- this actor uh, yeah. put a gerbil up his bum, mm. right? <laughs> and, and, He's a good actor, good went old to, Richard went yeah. to, All right. No, well, yeah. are
1: you allowed to say no? That? But do you know the funny thing about it is. No, we're coming back to your old series the guy in the brothel who thought he was like richard gear and pretty woman sorry. hilarious Anyway, sorry, it's very different <laughs> Richard yeah, no and, and
0: took out an ad saying he hadn't done anything like that, which I believe right? I don't think he put a gerbil up his bar. I approve this message. Yeah, um, I don't think he did either And rod stewart when I was growing up They used to say rod stewart collapsed on his way to a gig and was taken to hospital where they pumped his stomach and found the sper- eight pints of sperm, sperm belonging to, like, 15 different men, right? <laughs> Who tested that,
2: you know? Yeah. I know. It's, yeah. like, oh, it's a sticky substance. Another, another be? one. Yeah. Here's um, the, thing.
0: And by the way, And I heard that also about Mark Armand. Yeah. I have heard that about other people. I remember being told that, ro- uh, that uh, Mick Jagger used to like passing a pint glass around and getting everyone, like, in his entourage to spit in it, and then he'd drink it. Right. I mean...
1: There's bound to be some stories about Cliff Richard as well. He's another one was... Box. He was very... He's a, he's
2: a famous, you know, um, rock star. Um,
0: ambiguous guy. Yeah. Um, so, basically, my point is is these things get passed around and you think, like, no, I, I don't think that happened, but it's a funny story. Uh-huh. And
2: that's kind of where you settle, I think, in uh, your retelling or, you know, you're kind of um, documenting of it all. When
0: I documented it, what happened was uh, I didn't think um, he was probably a paedophile... You know, I didn't completely rule it out, but I did think there's something mysterious uh, about his love life. Like, I was like, who, who, who is Jimmy Savile in the in the sort of sexual sense? Like, mm-hmm. what's his orientation? I thought maybe he's gay. I actually thought maybe he's celibate. Like, maybe he's just like one of these people who's like, oh, I don't like sex doesn't do anything mm-hmm. for me. Right. And then when I um when I talked to him about it, he said, I've got lots of girlfriends, but friends who are girls. No, I haven't got any of those. So he was suggesting he was like a kind of <laughs> a like, free bird, a player, a, dr- a, a drift. W- we would go from woman to woman, but with no, you know wherever I, what is it? lay, I lay my
1: hat, lay that's my, my hat, bone, yeah, it's a kind of story. thing.
2: But that was kind of that kind of went with the misdirection element. Of well, it, then yeah. I thought like um, that doesn't sound very plausible because like who would cop off with
0: Jimmy Savile? Like he doesn't have the the air of a Don Juan. He just isn't attractive enough. Mm. Um, So I thought, well, I don't really know what the deal is But I I mean, the only credit I can give myself Is that I was conscious of not having solved I knew there was a riddle And I I knew I hadn't solved it You know, in a sense, like I found the dimensions of the problem Mm. But I didn't sort of figure out exactly what the solution was You
1: put the question to him And as an interviewer, that's all you can ever do And I don't think you should be beating yourself up about it But it did feel like when I watched you coming back and talking to the victims, I said earlier that you hadn't been that emotional, mm-hmm. but there was one moment where you were talking to one of his victims and I seen you... You uh, you were talking about how you felt like maybe you hadn't yeah. done your best or could have done better or whatever, and she was empathising with you, and, and I could feel like you sort of lost your voice for a second there. Possibly, and was, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was probably the most stressful... Certainly the most stressful and maybe the most emotional program I've made because, you know, it's easy to not be emotional in in situations where you don't feel in any way emotionally invested or or in a sense that you have no responsibility. Like if someone's in prison um, for murder or in a hospital, mental hospital for, you know, um, abusing children like that's on one level horrendous but i've got no i got nothing to do with that like that didn't happen i had nothing nothing to do with uh-huh. i was a thousand miles away but with Saville, there was a feeling like oh i had an opportunity to maybe i was thinking like did i have an opportunity to do more and actually and what part of me and the, and the other and i the other thing is like this sort of feeling of um of of, of oh i and I'd st- i i actually started to quite like him like the word friend doesn't really cover it, but I had friendly feelings towards him. Well, he's Is given he you great content in your head, so you're always going to be sure but also, also to go and visit him, though. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I talk in my book about, and in a way, the program speaks for itself. And I'm proud of it, and it still stands up, although it's hard to find on the internet. But um, uh, it, what happened afterwards was that I went to visit him a few times on these sort of ambiguous... Um, uh, outings where it would be like, so, oh, he's going to do some publicity for a DVD that we've got coming out, or there would be so it would be semi professional, but then there was a friendly element of it where um, I would uh, we'd go to a local restaurant. Me and my director of the original doc would stay overnight at his place. So there was a part of me that that that, that felt oh, the line got blurred a bit, and 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 I sort of viewed him as as a kind of as a f- person I had friendly feelings towards, and that so that was the part I found more difficult. Uh, to process was just the idea that oh wow and when the when the first allegations came out I just noticed in me a a, a part of me thinking like, oh it can't be as bad as that can it Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and I and then I had as it became clear that it was There, there was a kind of a guilt and a feeling of guilt
1: Yeah, can you can you describe that moment of when the penny dropped of how serious and in, in that maybe I don't know You're hearing it on the news and you're sitting down thinking wow a guy who I Thought was a friend, or had friendly feelings awards was horrific, and like what was the dawning feeling? Uh,
0: well, like? I can, yeah. Obviously, it's it's, it's a process, right? Mm. And 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 what came first was Mark Williams Thomas and the exposure report on ITV. Then there was a panorama that was also very powerful. Uh, there were various news segments, but for me, it didn't really fully hit home. In the, in, in in the sense, I I got the. What was the most kind of revelatory moment of the level of his offending was reading the um, leeds general infirmary report mm. and 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 uh, you can 't really do justice to it on television or because uh, you know that people are anonymized or they 've wanted to but there 's an accumulation of detail because there 's something like fifty or sixty victims all listed, and you know not all of it you know, some of it is rape or uh, some of it is sort of um I mean there's a, what I'm saying is there's a whole range of offences um uh but because of the accumulation of detail and because the the victims aren't named they obviously feel they can sort of deliver their testimony without fear of um reprisal really a sort of sense of self-consciousness mm. and um and you read it and it's a one after another and then you rec- in recognizing little parts of uh, either phrases or or just sort of seeing him in your head, as you read it, it mm. it's a very powerful and upsetting um, for you that, more than a was, lot of people. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then when I made the Savile the follow up, uh-huh. I made it my practice to sort of read through the reports right. any time I was about to go and meet a victim, mm. just to keep it present, just to keep the level of the the realness, the rawness mm. of, of, of the offences in mind.
1: Um, so obviously, there was a failure on a lot of people's part mm-hmm. uh, to bring him to justice in in his life um people were let down but the, there's also a lot of people who think there was a cover-up a deliberate cover-up because of his relationships with certain high figures in society mm-hmm. and the, the positions he held what do you think of the rumor or the speculation that he was supplying children to certain people in power as a way of keeping himself in the clear similar to Jeff, jeffrey epstein
0: did uh, i would i don 't i wouldn 't believe that mm. I, I tend to think that if you look at his offense history and also his personality profile in general, mm. he was very much a loner uh, he, he was someone who almost prided himself like he was he, he was it 's intriguing actually because he was connected to power in certain respects but very much on his own terms, so he was famously a kind of a confidant to um prince charles and and was friendly with princess diana that's where the speculation right and he was you know spent a christmas at checkers but that weren't those weren't really the circles that he moved in like based on what i saw he prided himself on surrounding himself with people who were not in show business Mm. who were uh sort of just salt of the earth types Mm. who were from leeds like his hairdresser the bloke who lived downstairs from him um Local, just local characters of a very unstarry sort and when you read like the the offenses took place not in a sort of epstein you know the epstein mo seems to have been get them to his house get them to his mansion mm. get them to his island groom them over a period of weeks months traffic them get other people more to his a, island more of a operation rather just a than a whole outfit and he had outriders situation. like you know Ghislaine maxwell and oh. others you know, he had a, a he had a crew of people mm. who were m- more or less running his, you know, or at least involved in his um, his operation. With with if Jimmy Savile's offences took place in in hospital um, corridors or in hosp- on on the spur of the moment sort of thing. Yeah, of most of, grooming, of them. As you yeah, I call it. it. I mean, it's the thing is he didn't generally. Uh, for, I mean, the thing is his offence history was so vast and kind of various that no generalisation completely applies but most i would say of his offenses took place uh as it were on the spur of the moment in a moment of if i put my hand here can i get away with it if i grope here can i get away with it and then testing the limits, or mm-hmm. if i hug what happens if i stick my tongue in this person's mouth or what happens if you know i drop you know this optician's coming around to deliver glasses What's going to happen if I drop and my you, trousers? And we've
1: seen that in your documentary and how he would test the limits. Yeah, around people in the office when he was getting undressed and stuff like. Yeah,
2: but know. also because his personality, I think she says that the optician who went to his house, she says that was turned into a funny story in her life. Well, initially because,
0: she wasn't traumatized. I mean right. it's up for it's to, for her to say whether she was traumatized or not. But the impression she gave was of not having been traumatized by it initially. Although some, you know, people process experiences in different ways. I mean, the other thing is like then he, there's another woman. Who is at the end of the film? Who talks about um, having been assaulted uh, in some area of a church close to Stoke Mandeville over various occasions? Who, in a, in a sense, I suppose she was groomed in that it took place over some time. Mm-hmm. But even there, he's not bringing her back to his place. He's obviously opportunistically mm-hmm. finding a, a, a private setting where he thinks he'll be unseen and will have a few moments to get his, you know, his kicks by abusing her. Did, so, you, so, so to me just so it doesn't really to me make any sense that he would deliver children well, the, have the children reason, moving the, around I,
1: the reason I understand is a lot of people were like why is a guy who is a crappy radio DJ who isn't powerful is, hasn't got a lot of sway and influence have a lot more money than he should have. Have this social status of a charity guy. Then he's knocking around with the royals. What are the royals want? Well, to I do? can answer and, that. And that's sort of the, that's the speculation. And right. I get it. I, I kind of get what
0: they're on about. But he, he. First of all, he didn't really have that much money. Mm. Like, that was one of the myths he created. He'd get a new Rolls every year sent to him, mm. and he'd trade in the old one. He had he had properties. He wasn't. Like, he his his brand. He was a bit like a rapper. Like his brand was that he was really rich. And and he would give that impression, but that was part of his celebrity persona. I mean, I'm not saying he was hurting for money, but like he wasn't like you know like he was had about as much money as a kind of average business person. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, with respect to uh, he, he he wasn't a, also wasn't a crappy DJ. Like he was quite an accomplished DJ. Like he his uh, one of the things that's happened in retrospect is like because his offence history was horrendous. Like it's like it's almost like everything about him. Has to be awful. Mm-hmm. Like he was actually an accomplished uh, broadcaster. broadcaster. He was. I've seen him deliver uh, pieces to camera on the spur of the moment without any pause, without any repeat, like in a single take, perfectly to time. That's not an easy thing to do. And quite evidently, like to to run a successful family show like Jim'll fix it as a presenter for more than ten years with huge ratings. Like th- that's not a trivial achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the idea of his influence was what he did have because he had no family and because he had, uh, um, you know, predatory sexual interests and maybe even for other reasons as well. Like he dedicated himself to charity. Mm -hmm. So through his leveraging his charity uh, work, which was, you know, considerable and raising millions, thereby he got the ears of people in power. And, uh, you know, if you say I've just raised 20 million or whatever to build a new wing of a hospital, then in general, like someone powerful will show up to cut the ribbon, right? That's quite
2: manipulative, though, from his Pers- well, of from course, our perspective yeah as it isn't... turns out like that was a part of his offense did, uh practices did, right did, can i ask you because that's what i was curious about did you feel manipulated by him because there was a point where i was reading a book where i did feel a bit like he would have the, he'd have your phone number and he'd call you and he would sort of he'd take credit for little things there were very there was a lot of manipulation or, or attempts at manipulation uh towards you i felt in hearing of course what, in, in yeah, hearing yeah i mean i, I was
0: mon- well, i was one of many people i mean i would say Anyone who he imagined was um, powerful or had something that he thought might be helpful to him, he would attempt to manipulate. Mm. Right? I mean, that was his. That was his thing. That was his entire mo. And occasionally, I'd be surprised. Like, I'd think of him as quite a friendly person and um, and accommodating, and like I, one of the things I liked about him was that. He was unfussy right he was he, he wasn 't deverish in the mm-hmm. least right he was actually so for example, on location, my director accidentally broke one of the windows of his house and he just laughed about it, mm. or we also accidentally broadcast his address, which is a big no no in mm. um you know in t v terms like he, he he's a celebrity he shouldn't have his address put out on t v that should have been blurred um because it was in shot and and he did he just laughed about it and I thought good on him like you know he he actually he could have thrown a fit or been upset and uptight as many other like Max Clifford for example was difficult you know he didn't like the documentary he kicked up a fuss he got annoyed he sort of vowed revenge Jimmy Savile was like oh no it's a good program I'm like it what do you need from me in the way of publicity and then in hindsight you realize oh all of these are ways of ingratiating himself and ways to create a feeling of indebtedness mm-hmm. that then builds uh, a kind of gratitude and a trust and a sort of sense of goodwill. So that was his whole M.O. And it was, you know, obviously very
2: effective. I wish we had longer because it sort of opens Dude, up. Dude, we'll do another one. I'd love to because it, it does open up that whole other conversation about we, we have a, a lot of conspiracy theorists on and I'd love to have heard your opinion about people Well, like I'd love David to talk Ike about and, that. I
0: do think that like that, what you mentioned, Brian, about the, you know, was he trafficking? Like, I'm, I think the, the world of... Um, pedophiles and sex rings you know is real like those things exist Mm. but they don't exist in quite the way um that is maybe commonly understood in in the sort of the world of internet conspiracy theories and i think it's a it's a it's a big deal because obviously QAnon has got so much traction and it shows a rather i think naive understanding of how um how trafficking takes place i've made a program about trafficking in houston how sexual abuse takes place Mm -hmm. And, and the ways in which it does flourish
2: but 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 not quite in the in, in sort of in the QAnon mode that is kind of where I'd love to unpack like the fact you've promised us another podcast now is uh, I mean that's contractual signature yeah um, that is contractual you are uh, going to have nice. to come back <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, got... let's see what the headlines are like on this one
1: yeah we'll go with
2: it oh they'll be fucking great Let, just remember
1: true Geordie
2: podcast if you could get that in if the Daily Mail work. always seem to take the quote but they never seem the ne- to put the link yeah. gonna to be, there's going to
0: be dilemmas like well we've, we, we, normally we'd go with the um, I was friends with Jimmy Savile headline but but we've also got the like I was on the edge of having a drinking problem I do
2: yeah. like that I do like the that The drinking problem was good Because I feel it humanises you a bit yeah. I, I think you should go down that Shouting route at the kids point. as well Abusive yeah. dad Yeah maybe. exactly Yeah um. yeah. And I'm sure you're thrilled
0: To hear us <laughs> just joking about it's that At this point It's all in the, <laughs> it's all the, all in the keyhole. It's all in the book Through the keyhole
2: And um, more I was very struck by the way At how candid you are in your book my, I did my, my wife and I have sort of enjoyed We've enjoyed how candid you were Because it normalises Some of my awful behaviour mm. Nice to hear Thank, you, thank you for that
0: nice to hear that be the best person you can be the best dad that you can but if you can't drink bourbon well, I wasn't going to go sorry there. Uh, one,
1: one more question before you go yes how would you like to be remembered
0: oh Oh that's a, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, I normally have a of a, a joke for that, which I'm not even going to. You know, the joke is obviously like, oh, you know, he he died having sex in the arms of his beautiful wife Nancy on holiday in Crete, you know, celebrating that he'd received his long-awaited Nobel Prize mm-hmm.
2: that he'd rejected. I he'd honestly rejected wondered what you earlier. were what you were going to receive yeah. them. That was yeah. Uh uh
0: but you know, I would like to be remembered, you know, the 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 most important people in my life, obviously, my family, my kids, I'd like to be remembered by them. Like as a, a, a you know, my wife will outlive me, I'm sure. You know, as, a, as a, like a guy who didn't always shout at his kids, like who was actually a considerate loving dad. Like mm-hmm. I've got three boys. Families, as they get older, they don't get simpler. They get more complicated. I mm-hmm. see families, people close to me, they get estranged from one another. They fall out. If you can keep your relationship with your kids as you get older and and just be loved and remembered by them as someone who was. Who a present dad, a loving father, someone who gave them the best start in life, a loving husband who, who was, um, who, you know, who, who you spent, you know, I'm thinking about my wife now, who, who you, you enjoyed spending time with. You know, like, these are the simple things, but they're also the big things.
1: Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, Louis Theroux thank on you. The True Geordie Podcast. Great well, one. Thank, thank you. you very much. Like the video, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one.